How awful would it be if you forgot to press record on one of these? We cameras? did that on the first podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Two hours later. Yeah. Oh, no, it was about 20 or 30 minutes in, and uh, all the cameras were going, everything was going fine, but the audio was not recording. Because it's my first time using external yeah. audio. I always, sure. to keep things simple, I usually use an external, uh, not an external, I just, you know, record everything in camera. Right. And uh, I've always avoided an external audio recorder for the longest time, and a uh, you know a, a, a st- uh, an external monitor on the outside, just because I hate syncing everything in post. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> because of the recording limits and, and yeah. everything, we had to start over. Right. But anyway, um, let's go ahead and get started. Let's here. do it. I have an intro here uh, for Basilio. That he sent me. Oh, sorry, I missed your message there, buddy. All right. Um, so, Basilio was born in, and how do you say that? It's Bohol. Bohol, Philippines. Uh, yeah. He was raised in Charlotte since he was three years old. Uh, he's currently the imp- implementation advisor for Bank of America. Correct. Um, he's got two dogs, and uh, I guess that's Pua and Chiho. Pua and Chihu. Okay. Hawaiian names. Pua and Chihu. Okay. Yep. <laughs> uh, a poodle mix and a Yorkie. Um, married. Congratulations in April. Thank you. Thank uh, you. Looks like the coronavirus postponed your wedding. Right. Yeah. And then uh, we'll, we'll learn all about this. And then part owner. I'm so excited to learn about this. Part owner of Bachi Charlotte. That's correct. It's, or is it Baki? It's Bachi. Okay. Correct. Bachi. Yep. All right. Japanese restaurant. And then uh, you only bought your first camera. In October 2019, so it's been about a year. Yeah. Um, and then you're an ex-car guy. Uh, <clears throat> uh, so the main reason I brought you on to the Photographers Underground podcast is because you're just getting started. But what uh, you guys don't know is um, when I was getting started in photography, I had kind of a uh, a master, if you will, who uh, by the name of Jeff Amberg, who was really good in Columbia. And I moved up here. When I met you and uh, Jeff told me, listen, when you move to Greensboro, you need to focus on business side of photography. The best thing you can do that is by getting a sales job, any sales job somewhere and learning how to sell a product properly. And uh, so when I moved here to Greensboro, I applied for some jobs, got a job at the dealership you were working at and we won't name the specific cause I'm going to trash it pretty hard. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you know, there were a lot of, there were some supervisor advisors uh, there who thought they were the real shiz. And they're, if, if I met them today and talked to them today, they'd be like, man, look where you're at. Aren't you so glad, you know, I trained you. I'm like, you didn't train me. Basilio trained me. And that's the truth. You taught me how to be relaxed in front of customers how important a script was and uh, I had no idea that you moved here when you were just three years old I never would have imagined you were born outside the country because your social skills your suave your understanding of like man. inner culture thank you <laughs> like, <laughs> just <Some> great words <laughs> man no seriously just because I'm a I'm like I was like homeschooled till I was in sixth grade right I've never been socially skilled gotcha like I've never ha- been the guy to walk in the room I mean, you worked with me for a few months you mm-hmm. know that man I just say some stupid stuff sometimes <laughs> 
That's okay. Stupid is okay, man. You learn. No, it's that. not. It's not okay. Now when you're trying to sell someone a car, it's like, hey, man, how you doing? Um, wow, uh, your name was Jim, right? No, no, it's Steve. Oh, I wasn't even close. I'm so sorry. Uh, so you wanted to look at like, uh, you know, a Ram? No, no. no I, I'm here to get my car service. I don't even want a car. Oh, oh my! Oh, I'm sorry. That's yeah, every day, I, every dude, day in the dealership, right dude, there. Dude, it was so bad. And uh, anyway, um, you would be the kind of person to sit down with a car, get a car sold, and then um, be like, "Hey, by the way, you know, does your wife want a car too?" They'd be like, "Yeah, sure." And you'd sell them two cars when they came in for one. <laughs> hey, right? that's what you gotta uh, do. And you just recently got into photography, but let's right. rewind the clock way before uh-huh. then, um, because I'm not sure. If if uh, you know this, but I'm super pro-immigrant. Before I came here, I spent a year of my life uh, teaching English to refugees, um, and a lot of the refugees I taught English to were actually Southeast Asian from Burma. Okay, um, so they were kind of getting just thrown out of their country by uh, I forget the the racial group that was throwing them out, um, but uh, they were the Korean. Okay, so the Burmese were kicking them out and then they would go to a, uh, a refugee camp in Thailand and then would come here to the United States if they were lucky or they'd go to somewhere else. Sure. Uh, and then uh, they were just completely forgotten about and I kind of learned of the community and started teaching them English as best I could. And it was always interesting to see how some kids who came here like just took off, did great, did wonderful and some kids didn't. Mm-hmm. Um, and as I'm growing up and focusing more and more on finance and being successful, making sure I'm raising a family right, I've done a lot of studies into financial wealth. Um, I like to focus particularly on millionaires and some things you might know that uh, not know that you know one in three millionaires in the United States was not born in the United States. Mm-hmm. And if you're an immigrant, first-generation immigrants into the country are four times more likely to become a millionaire than someone who was born here. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I can see that because I feel like there's a common work ethic in people who immigrate to the United States uh, that you always possessed. And I never knew you were an immigrant. I just figured, oh, this guy hustles. This guy's got good quality. And you're how old? I'm 27 years old. Shoot, you're three years younger than me. You already own restaurant, yeah. or at least you know partially own. Uh, you're Scratch that. Successful. I'm 28. I forgot a year. <laughs> I'm 20. I'm 28. Oh my god! How did I forget that? I'm 28. Sorry. All right. Uh, maybe maybe I might be wrong about you. Um, <laughs> That's one last thing I keep up with. Man, but uh, all right. So what is the reason you came here to the United States? Your parents, I guess. Right. And uh, when you came to the United States. Were you guys already kind of successful in the Philippines and decided to immigrate here um, because you wanted something different, or was it something more like uh, something different? Anyway, I'll just yeah, man. So you. great question. So I think um, so. I was three years old. Um, my brothers were a lot older than me when we moved here. My brothers were in like middle school, high school. Um, but overall, reason for us moving is back home in the Philippines. I mean that's the dream, right? Yeah. Kind of move up, move to the states, live the American dream. Mm-hmm. You know, raise your family here, better opportunities. So that's kind of the mindset my parents had. Um, but prior to my parents, I think my family, within my father's brothers and sisters, was the last family to move here. So my aunts, my uncles, a lot of my cousins were already here, and it was either stay, stay there, try to. I mean, and we weren't. 
we weren't struggling but we weren't super rich either right um my my grandmother uh worked super hard um we we had a pretty good life there so i think the the biggest thing to, for us to move here was to give me and my brothers an opportunity to to win and to succeed right and um so we got here i was three years old i think if you look at uh, me and my brothers, the biggest difference with me and them is when they moved here, they were a lot older than me. So me, I started clean slate. Right. You know what I mean? So they had to they had to deal with the transition of, you know, losing friends from back home in the Philippines. You know, picture, you know, high school is already rough. Picture right. moving here in ninth grade, barely knowing English and starting from there. So I think I got lucky. Right. Yeah. So I got lucky started fresh um and kind of embraced the um the culture and just learning from scratch just it's a different mindset man I think. how many brothers and sisters do you have so i have three older brothers so the closest yeah. one to me in age is 10 years older than me okay very interesting right. you the youngest i'm the youngest yeah i have three older brothers and sisters and the and the closest one in age is seven years older than, than wow um, very close yeah, that's really interesting. That's uh, another thing we have in common there. Mm -hmm. I always found that uh, one of the lots of people talk about privilege. I think the greatest privilege I had was the ability that my brothers and sisters were so much older than me because mm -hmm. I watched them mm -hmm. and saw what they did right and what they did wrong. For sure. And uh, <laughs> made sure to repeat the things they did well. All right. So uh, what, what, what profession were your uh, parents um, so my mom in the Philippines was a nurse uh -huh. and my father was a banker. Okay. Um, we moved here. My mom moved from uh, healthcare to banking. So okay. both my parents were bankers for a long time. For, All right. Um, the same bank. And now, you work, and now you work with the Bank of America. Correct. Correct. Did, did they work with the Bank of America? Or they, you? they they worked for Wells Fargo. Okay. Yeah, ironically. And right. um, so they they both actually recently just retired when we opened the restaurant yesterday. I mean yesterday last year. Congratulations so, on that, man! I've yeah. really been like, uh, when I go to Charlotte again, I'm gonna go Got buy to. a restaurant. But have I have to. not uh, been to Charlotte, so I haven't been out of the town because I work so much. Yeah, that's um, okay. <laughs> yeah, it is honestly. Uh, I've been trying to take some time off recently right. with the whole pandemic and and corona and mm -hmm. i have not enjoyed the time off at all mm -hmm. like it just puts me in a funk it makes me start feeling sad <laughs> yeah makes me start questioning things then when i get back to work start putting out content start making yeah. videos that my clients love it just really makes me feel like i'm getting closer to i don't know pursuing a little bit sure. more meaning and purpose right uh but anyway um all right so you moved here uh, age three grew mm -hmm. up in charlotte um, take fill in a little bit of the backstory before I meet you at uh, mm -hmm. you know the car dealership. Sure. Um, who is who is Basilio in school and high school? Oh uh, man, the most popular kid in high. No, I'm just kidding. No, <laughs> not at all. Um, no, man, I was I was just trying to find who I was, man, in high school. Honestly, very diverse uh, group of friends. Yeah. Um, made a lot of mistakes, plenty of mistakes. Um. But somehow I got accepted into college, right? Okay. <laughs> so so I, I got into North Carolina A&T okay. here in Greensboro, and that's what uh, brought me to Greensboro. All right. Uh, I attended UNC, um, sorry, A&T for about two years, and then I transferred to UNC Greensboro. Okay. Um, from UNC Greensboro, I needed to find a big boy job. Right. Dealership. Okay. So I said, hey, man, those car guys, 
they drive nice cars. They mm-hmm. they look like they're making decent money. I think my parents would be proud of me if I became a successful car guy. So right. um I applied there, got a job instantly. From that from just looking back, I didn't know how easy it was to get a job at the dealership. <laughs> I was like, Man, they hired me. I'm I must be good. Oh, just oh, now man. I'm like, Man, they hire anybody. Yeah. They hire anybody that wants to sell. I cars. literally I literally think that uh, car shield, uh, car dealerships try to burn through there, right. like if a, someone starts to slow down sales, like oh, well, they, we've already sold everything to his network, like his yeah. circle of trust. Uh-huh. So we're just gonna go ahead and you know let him go, or or make life hard on him so he quits. Because hey. we know that happened to a few people, right, right. Uh, and uh, hopefully we'll bring in some fresh blood so that we can sell it to all their family because they would definitely try to sell. And they and they had these family discounts they'd never give you, <laughs> like. And they say, "Oh yeah, we've All got right. we've got this great employee. Yeah. If we get a trade in, yeah. we'll sell it to you for just five hundred dollars more." Uh. Never happen. Never. <laughs> there was a really nice Z, like a three hundred ZX. They were like, "Yeah, we, they were bragging because yeah. yeah, we 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 uh, brought got this in for five hundred bucks. The guy agreed to the trade. Can you believe it?" I'm like, "So I can buy that for a thousand dollars?" Like, "Oh well, no, 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 you can't do that." And I was like, "I'll buy it today for a thousand. I need a car." They're like, no. And then the same token, oh, the, the general manager of the sales floor that I'm going to talk a lot of trash about, uh, one day I was driving home in the in the 240Z that yeah. barely ran. It backfired, all sorts of stuff. And he, mm. he just pulls up beside me at the stoplight. After, like a few days after refusing to sell me the 300ZX, he's like, you shouldn't be driving that car. That thing's dangerous. <laughs> That's awesome. He's a complete... <laughs> That's awesome. Oh, that's jerk. so funny. <laughs> it's not, it's that's not so funny. funny man. It's not funny, dude. <laughs> I needed help. I needed oh, money. I remember. Oh, I remember. We'll get, we'll get to the dealership. I, I remember. We'll get to I the remember. dealership. All right. So, uh, <laughs> um, did you do better in college than you did in high school? Yes, I would say so. Um, man, learned a lot. What did you study? I studied. I was nursing intended at A&T, and then I was uh, just business at UNC Greensboro. Okay. Um, Learned a lot, man. I think, you know, post-high school education is super important. Mm. Uh, just experiences more than actually books, you know, the book learning part of it, just experiences and getting put in awkward situations and, you know, feeling your way through those and, you know, getting on the other side of bad situations, situations that, you know, help you grow. I think I'm big on you can't grow unless you're uncomfortable. So uh, that was big for me. Um, but I, I would attest a lot of my success now in whatever I'm doing now to, honestly, car sales. That's my common denominator. Man. Me too. Um, That's my common denominator. Like, I And let's just go ahead and dive into this. Uh, we'll give a background into into why you think that car sales is more important. And it's really interesting too that you grew so much in car sales. I only sold cars for like two and a half months. Mm-hmm. But I grew so much then also it was it's just bizarre that I had someone who said, Listen, if you want to be a full time professional photographer and provide for your family, you need to learn how to do sales. So it's interesting that one hundred percent. Like we both have, share a same experience, a similar experience there, and uh, someone who is hyper successful mm-hmm. told me to do that too because he mm-hmm. knew it's not like he knew it was going to happen. Right. Um, so uh, let's just fast forward straight up to the dealership. Um, mm-hmm. You you worked there before I did, mm-hmm. so uh, um, 
you were going to school and no so i did that when i was done with school okay okay so you start working there when you're like 22 23 22 okay yeah 22 2012 or 13 i think and let's uh let's make sure we avoid saying anybody's name oh for sure because uh yeah I wanna... <laughs> for, sure, for sure they follow me on facebook uh, so. no i'm I'm, <laughs> I'm friends with a lot of them on social media yeah. <laughs> uh, and i actually have a lot of respect um i'm gonna give credit where it's due i still follow them on facebook because oh, i yeah. like them there's some people though uh that you know i hope you know they go homeless and <laughs> Ouch! And hey, man, some of them are. I mean, times are changing, and right. they've got some old birds that are not adjusting. Right. And you know who I'm talking about? Oh, uh, for sure. He Go got on. fired, um, and I'm not sure if he's got, held a steady job since, and that's yeah. kind of what he deserves. <laughs> but uh, anyway, so tell us about yeah. working at the dealership. Some things you learned. What made you grow? So you gotta you gotta take it at the beginning, right? I'm, I'm a college student. Yep. Got out of college. I was work prior to that. I was working part time at a gas station. Okay. So no work, no professional experience. Nothing. You ever uh, been robbed at the gas station? No, man. Okay. Thank God. A few months, <laughs> few months after I quit, that gas station actually got robbed. Okay. It's the gas station we used to get gas at when we sold a car. Oh shoot, the one right up there. <laughs> right. Okay. Yeah. So goodness. So I got up out of there. Perfect right. timing, right? Good. So, but um, you know, I sold cars for about three years and then I did finance for two years. Right. So I got promoted to finance after you left. Yep. Um, but the three years, man, I, I want to say the first year was rough, was rough. Like I didn't sell anything. I was at the bottom of the board every month. Just like honestly came to work, hoping and praying I don't get fired that day. Yeah. <laughs> Cause I wasn't selling anything, <laughs> dude. I didn't know what I was doing. Um, and the car business is basically your success is dependent on somebody taking you under their wing and actually taking the time to teach you something, right? Mm. Other than that, everybody else is like, man, that's another person. He'll like, be out of here in a few months. You also, know what I mean? it's kind of like, you know, there, there's a bit of competition within the... For sure. Like, if I yeah. teach that person how to sell a car, mm-hmm. he's going to be selling clients in the lot that... You, could have been would have been right. mine right um and there's people that think that way yeah. but then there's also the other the the complete opposite of let me help him you know what i mean let me let me show him the right way to do it that way he doesn't bother me anymore how do you feel about the irony because uh i noticed it in the first like the first day i was there um that the the management would chew you out for not selling a car but they would also not teach you anything like they did not train you they like hey yeah. there's there's some modules you have to do upstairs on the computers finish those and then uh, come down to the floor and right. then then once you come down to the floor they're, they're like all right you sold a car yet yeah like they didn't see they didn't teach you anything man that that and that's what it that's what's so hard about it right mm. you go in thinking all right i'm, I'm gonna get put through this super intense training i'm gonna come out a stud selling yeah. a bunch of stuff and that's just not the case right, right. you also think yeah. that salesmen make a lot more money than they do right which is not true probably the top 30 percent will make the most money the yeah. top three guys on that board top yeah. three top four maybe mm-hmm. um not a, that's not to say sales guys don't make money because they make good money but it's not if there's 15 16 people on that board only three of them are killing it. Right? Yeah, and that's same, just, I think that's the same thing with most industries, though. I mean, 100%. you think about 
YouTube, you think about podcasts, but you also think about, let's say, real estate, mm-hmm. like agents or mm-hmm. photographers, like right. wedding photographers. There's a whole lot of people who are photographers out there who don't even make enough money to do it full time, right? 100%. Uh, and then after probably about a year or so, they just burn out because of the... And, and that's just it, man. It's And and taking that understanding that only the, t- the top few will make it and yeah. really kill it. You take that understanding and you know, well, you know, what's the difference from the number three guy to the, the number five, number six guy? And there's not much of a difference, dude. It's mm. just willing to do the little things just a little bit better. It's you know also what I mean? um, so important once you understand that, man, you know, it, if you want to survive, you've got to be the top. Got when to. someone in your family or in your network says, hey, man. Just, just relax. Take it a little bit easy. You don't yeah. have to go so hard. Yeah. Like, you got to get those people and like, hey, I love you, man, but either don't tell me that, don't talk to me like that, mm-hmm. or you need to honestly, like, right. go find another friend. Right. Because, man, it's, you got to be, it's, it's, you have, you have to be tenacious, man. Mm. That's, it's sales, right? So, and yeah. that's what I learned is right. sales is sales, whether you're selling a car, selling, and hibachi plate in my restaurant or right. selling you on the idea of hiring me to do your wedding. Right. right. It's the same thing. And it's, 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 it's all, it's from selling the cars is, it's confidence. It's confidence. It's, you know, just being personable. You know, I'm not going to buy a car from a guy that doesn't think he does a good job selling cars. Right. You know what I mean? And you're not, I'm not going to ask you to do my wedding <laughs> if you're questioning your own skills. Yeah, right? I think I can do it. <laughs> right. And it's and it's all. And you mentioned scripts. Yes. That was big in car sales. And that's big when you're talking to clients about photography, man. It's I, just I, the words you choose to use. It's 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 just the fact changer. that you um, you know, you're going to say something, right. first of all. Right. Uh, but then you are going to say something that you really feel comfortable saying mm-hmm. that you can feel confident saying like, mm-hmm. Hey, I mean, do I still remember that? Hey, here's the price of your car. Right. If you do business today, we can give you this much money. Right. You know, I mean, th- <laughs> it's, that's, this is the script from the dealership, right? It's, per- or it's perception, man. The yeah. customer's perception is their reality. You can't, it might not be the truth, mm-hmm. but if they perceive <laughs> you, if they perceive you as a confident, yo, this guy's good. Right. I might not be the top guy on that list. Yeah. I upstairs, mean, but He's got to be a but top guy. But you were. You right. were the top guy when I when I started working I was there. one of the top guys. So so take me from there. So the first the first year, uh-huh. uh, you said it's just a struggle. You're having right. a hard time. And then uh, things change. What, right. Well, we've already been talking about some of that. But what are some of the things that you noticed? Uh-huh. Like, what are the things you learned that right. changed from, man, I'm struggling, to, man, now I'm selling cars? I was tired of making minimum wage. Because that's mm. what they paid us, right? Yeah, if you don't Minim- if you don't sell cars. Minimum wage. I was tired of, you know, I was like, man, I'm 22. How long can I live off 725 an hour? <laughs> I was like, this isn't good. And then seeing the, the other guys that's working with me doing mm. the same thing, I'm doing banking, taking a bunch of money home. And I'm right. like, and the, another big thing is. One of our managers took me under his wing, and I'm pretty sure it's one of the guys you like. Talking about the uh, infantry. Yes. Yes. Awesome guy. Awesome. Awesome guy. guy. Cannot He's say pro- enough about this man. Him and man, he he changed my life, dude. He changed my life not just by, you know, giving me you know customers that were already ready to buy, but right. he broke bad habits that I instilled in myself, mm-hmm. not knowing that. Make sure I you had stay them. close to the mic. Sorry. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. He he helped me break bad habits. 
And you know he's a military guy, so he right. was hardcore, right? Yeah. But the one thing I loved about him was that you could tell the guy's huge. The guy works yeah. out. <laughs> um, he looks like Popeye. His face, like, uh, like literally, all he needs is is like one of those ship anchors just right, tattooed right. right on his face. Right. Um, so at first you think, man, you know that guy's rough, but he's actually man really kind and really understanding. Yeah. And sometimes when I would kind of be just sticking up for myself with the other manager who was not good mm-hmm. and he was the head sales floor manager. Yeah. Um, uh, cause sometimes he'd be like, man, you know, why didn't you do this or why didn't you do that? And he's like, man, I didn't, you never trained me to do this. Like, yeah, I'm willing to learn mm-hmm. the other day you taught me this. I learned it and I repeated it. Right. But, uh, you know, I have to learn these things and he's like, man, no, you just got to learn how to hustle. And yeah, he wasn't any good. He right. did, he did, his strategy was be a dick, and then uh, people will hate you so much they'll want to prove you wrong. Right. Like, I think that's honestly what he thought is like secret. Like, sure. yeah, it's like and, we know what you're doing, man. Yeah, but we're not going to want to prove you wrong. You're just being a dick. That and then that's. <laughs> That kind of managing and leading works for some people, but it doesn't work for the majority. I, I would say, especially today, it works less than ever. Uh, I remember a specific example one time when I got a, I got a customer. I took them out on a uh, test ride to a car they like. We brought them back. We checked their credit, and sure enough, they came and buy a car, right? Like, right. Or, they, or they fell in love with, like, I think I was showing them an Ultima. The, they're like a like a Vista, like yeah, 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 they're yeah. not they're not gonna no, Nissan Versa, sorry. Versa, right? Um, like they don't have the mm-hmm. thing. So mm-hmm. so the main manager yells like, man, that's why you always get the credit first and everything else. I was like, man, I'm sorry, I didn't know. It's like my first or second day, and uh, then the guy shows him was like, listen here, let me explain this to you. Let me under- let me show you how credit works because I know you weren't trained about credit. Right. So here, let me show you all this. And I was like, okay, that makes so much more sense. Now, right. right? He just kind of, the other guy didn't want to explain things to you. He just said, do this because I said so. Like, <laughs> rough, man. And I'm, I and remember. I'm, will, I'm willing remember. to do that. Like, yeah. I'm willing to do those things, but it's hard to remember those things. If you mm. understand why, it's easier to remember more. Sure. It's easier to do your job better. Um, and also, you don't hate the guy telling you to do something mm. because you understand, okay, yeah, that makes sense. And right. honestly, since the good manager was infantry, you know, on the front lines, um, I think he has had much better leadership skills. Man, one thing I I, I took from him, um, that I brought to my career in the bank, to my business as a restaurant owner, as my business as a photography business owner, is you gotta lead from the front, not mm. from the back. Yes, man, that that changed my life. Just that that mindset that I'm not I'm not gonna tell you what to do. I'm going to do it and hopefully you watch me do it and learn from it. Right. Yes. That's, that's the best way to do it. And that's, that's how you get a team to, to back you and to believe in you just because when I interview new um, employees from my restaurant, I always tell them, I will never ask you to do, to do something I will never do. Right. And they respect that 100%. And man, I'm telling you, that's the, that's a game changer. I have a lot of questions to ask you about your right. restaurant. Um, so uh, let's try to dig into the dealership though a little bit more. Um, mm-hmm. What are what are some things uh, 
you would say you learned in sales, mm-hmm. like name as many things as you can. I have some things that I'd like to talk about that sure. I learned in sales. Mm-hmm. But uh, what are some things that you learned working at the car dealership that you were talking about earlier that changed you, you know, that really. Mm-hmm. Right. So I think one thing is you got to learn to to listen, to listen, to understand instead of listen to respond. Right. Right. So when. I think one our GM at that dealership told me that a customer will tell you how to sell them a car. You just have to listen, mm, right? That's really good. They will tell you what you need to do for me to buy a car. Right. But you you can't overtalk them. You have to let them tell you. Can you give an example of that? Man, um so I think when you're selling cars, right? You're mm. just it's a, it's almost like a high. Like you're like, oh, I'm about to sell this car. Yeah. Let me go. <laughs> let me go. Pull this one up. Pull this one up. Pull this one up. And then and I get and then that's what managers are there for at the dealership is because you get so ramped up. Yeah. That it's like they kind of br- they'll bring you down and tell you, hey, go show them this car, right? So I think you know when you're selling a car, you're showing them this car, this car, this car. You're not really listening to the customer, mm-hmm. and then they'll tell you. I don't like this this one this is I need one like this right so if you if you if you listen to that from the beginning you just saved yourself 45 minutes of right. showing them wrong cars right that's yeah, true there's definitely so. tells too because one thing I learned uh, I've learned this more in my photography business is that if you have a customer listen to the questions they're asking the questions they're asking are telling you what they care about. They're, they're selling features. So if you have a guy who comes to your photography business or mm-hmm. they come to a car and they say, hey, so um, how many images do you deliver? Okay, mm-hmm. so how many deliver- How many images is that? Are they all edited? Mm-hmm. So this person really cares about how many images they're getting. Right. If they come to you and they say, hey, how much do you charge? It's funny. Hey, how, many, how much do you charge? Hey, uh, so do I pay half that up front? Or, mm-hmm. Okay, so the first person was... For some reason, they care about the images. They wanted, mm-hmm. perhaps, they want a lot of shots. Right. That's what they're concerned about. Mm-hmm. Uh, the second person's a price shopper. Right. They care about the price. They may not even looked at your website, and they're hiring you for photography. Right. <laughs> like, and then other people are uh, going to ask you, "Hey, man, oh wow, I really loved the that shoot you did recently. They posted on Instagram uh, with the with the football player. Yeah. Man, I just love football. My kid is graduating." He plays on the high school football team. We want to do some senior portraits on the field with him. Mm-hmm. That person you know actually cares about the quality of the work. Right. So in listening to the customer, it will tell you how to sell them. It, so don't, right. don't, don't, when someone comes and says, hey, man, I love your work, don't give them half off. Man, because they sure. actually care. Right. It's, it's, and then another, another thing I learned from car sales is you don't, you don't bring your price down. You just, you just increase the value in what you're selling, right? Okay, explain you're saying, that. This so, is you're gonna teach. You're gonna be teaching me again on, today. Man. Hey, come on, man! I'm a sales <laughs> guru. <laughs> no, man. So I think, you know, uh, back then, what was it, 2014, 15? We were still we were still selling cars with rolled up windows. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm, yep. And then you get a customer that says, you know, I'm not buying this. If I buy this, I need you to come down three, four grand. Right. You know what I mean? So, so, so what do you do? So how do you get them? But that's the only car they can get approved for. Right, exactly. And your response so, is, well, if you want a car that's three, four more grand, yeah. you need to give me 50 more points right. of credit, buddy. You can say that, right? <laughs> yeah. You can say that, keep it real with them and they'll be out the door. Right. Exactly. Or you can say, Hey, this is, this, 
this isn't your forever car, right? Mm. This is how we're going to rebuild. And this is, this is a brand new car that you probably shouldn't be getting approved for, but you, but we are going to get it done for you. Mm. It's, it's it's covered for the next three years, thirty six thousand miles, bumper to bumper. 60, and if you really miles. don't like it, you can drive for six months, make good on time payments, come right. back, trade it in. That's it. So it's all perception. Yeah. It's, it's all okay. They don't like this angle of how you're selling it. Sell right. it to them in this angle. Right. Highlight another angle of it, and you're not you're not you're not jumping straight to let me discount my my service. Let me discount my price. You're 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 <sighs> yes. you're you're building value in what you believe in, right? And that's. Dude, I can't I can't tell you enough how I've took that into everything I've done. No, since you're exactly then. right. And you're reminding me of something because photographers and I guess creatives in general are really, really bad, horrible at the first sign of an uncomfortable conversation, a mm-hmm. bit of awkwardness, maybe a possible confrontation. Mm-hmm. Creatives, but especially photographers were just fold like that right. so uh if if they uh have a customer or someone maybe a family member even who says hey man you know i'd like i'd like you to do some photos for me mm-hmm. and they're the the, the photographer is just terrified of the next question which is hey you know how much do you charge right just at that moment i mean you would never struggle with something like that but the reason i would say uh, what was the st- the statistic I read sometime? Uh, like ninety five percent of businesses fail in the first year alone, or something like mm-hmm. that. Um, one of the big problems photographers who have the talent to be full time ph- photographers, uh, the skill set they don't have is just being able to first of all have the guts to tell them your price, right? And at least stand by it. So you're talking about you know a little bit more like going to different angles and really going attacking the sale and that kind mm-hmm. of stuff. But some people, man, they just don't have the guts to, uh, I charge, uh, a hundred dollars mm-hmm. when they should be charging two or three times more that much, mm-hmm. but they're even scared of going for it all. Right. So uh, just because they're scared. Yeah. No, I get it. And, yeah. and, and just because it's, they're not exposed to th- that part of the business. Right. And, and, and that's, which is ironically the most important part of the <laughs> business right because so if you can't do that right it doesn't matter how good your pictures are yeah, man I, i'll tell you so many times not even just photography when i'm looking for you know a professional anything right where people already before i even ask for a discount they're giving me a discount and i'm like what are you doing yes and oh, they're, they're like appreciate oh. Basilio. they're like i typically charge 200 but since you're doing this 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 i can do it for 150 i'm like i didn't even ask for a discount yet i already <laughs> got 50 bucks on you let me ask for another 50 yeah exactly you know what I mean? man customers and and then another thing i learned from the car business customers are programmed to ask for a discount yeah don't hit the table sorry <laughs> i have to emphasize that yeah, yeah exactly they're, they're, they're programmed to ask you for a discount right you know what i mean they they don't they don't expect you to say yes mm-hmm. but there's they'll just say why not you know and what all I mean? you have to do sometimes to to curb the uh discount shoppers is to say hey i appreciate that but no right just no is the most powerful powerful word in business yes no and it's it's completely surprising how how photographers will never never do that like hey i have this great event coming up basilio Mm -hmm. this is going to get you so much exposure like you you have no idea how big of a deal i am Mm -hmm. there's going to be so many 
influential people. Yeah. At the some of the biggest people in Charlotte are going to be at this event. Sure. For my two year old's bouncy house birthday party. <laughs> you you should do it for free. Oh, should I? Yes, yes. absolutely. So. You, oh my God. You, you can't imagine the exposure no. you're about to have. Right. I'm just saying, like people, people will do that to you, and you have to use the most powerful thing you're just talking about. Oh, hey, I really appreciate that. Right. I can't do it. Right. So let me that situation. Right. right. Um, God, I just had a brain fart, but you say you say no, right? Yeah. I mean, but you also need to also say, hey, I really appreciate that. The way to say no is by. It's really important not to use the words or the yeah. letters in O to say, hey, I really appreciate that. I'd love to do it. How many hours is it? Oh, you know, we're thinking about being in for two, three hours. Okay, great. I charge $200 an hour for my event photography. Mm-hmm. Let me know. Right. That's it. You leave it at that balls in their court. Yeah. Every business transaction, somebody is getting sold. Yes. Either the salesman, right. me, the photographer, or I'm selling the customers. Right. How is the customer and you know people? How is the customer selling you? They're selling you on why you should give them a discount or a service for free. Right. Or Don't why, get, or why they can't afford right. it. Don't get sold. <laughs> I mean, that's it. Oh, you man. can't. You can't get oh, sold. Somebody's uh, always selling somebody in the business transaction. Something I was sold on so many times when I was selling a car that well, these people would come in and they would have. They would they would convince me they would sell me on the fact that they can't afford the car. Mm-hmm. Like, listen, man, I would really, I really like this Maxima fully loaded, but <sighs> I'm not sure if I can afford it, man. I'm just yeah. so poor. And then uh, a lot of times you do the negotiations and everything, and I and I I'm convinced. I believe them. Say, man, these guys can't afford it. Mm-hmm. Then their credit comes back. They're like 800. They're uh, they told me they work at Walmart, but they're a pharmacist at Walmart. Mm-hmm. You know. And the thing is, I didn't really go after them. I tried to get fit them into the car and gave them a, a pitch, mm-hmm. you know, and a monthly, you know, I tried to just say, man, this person has bad credit. But the truth is they could afford the car. They were just lying to me because they were smart and they're negotiators. Um, and I underestimated them. Uh, and there's nothing wrong with that. They were just no, doing their part no. of the thing. But the point is. You were lot- listening. You were listening to the customer, which is 100%. Right. Okay. the the other thing I learned, at, at least I learned there, was, you know, the customers are not not necessarily your friends. Like, right. they're there to get the best deal. <laughs> yeah, they are. Yeah, um, and they will do anything to. They will lie. Mm-hmm. They will cheat. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I understand why. I think some of the more experienced salesmen there and the managers. Kind of like see through that. Yeah, like they weren't as nice as I was right. about some of the customers, and right. I realized, oh, yeah. maybe some of them. One of the reasons they some of them were dicks and jerks were because they've been lied to and cheated all their life, and that's why they're doing it to everybody else every week. Yeah. Every week, it's yeah. it's a you man. I've, <laughs> I've I've been in front of customers, every type of customers, liars, yeah. like everybody, and you. You become numb to it, man. It's just like, all right. It's like, you know what I mean? It, it is. Like, uh, one thing I've definitely become numb to is sob stories. Like, yeah. when someone comes to me and says, Dude. hey, listen, man, you wouldn't believe. <laughs> right. And, and, and now that I'm running a short term rental, too, right. if someone gives me a sob story, I just immediately decline because anytime someone comes to me with a sob story, they're usually like nine times out of 10 there to throw a party yeah. or break the rules. 
They often, obviously, uh, or usually don't have reviews either. Right. And I always want guests with reviews. Like, sure. how, how did you treat the last task you were at? Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Um, but people who give sob stories every time are just mm. bogues. Yeah. And that's not, a, that, that's not a term <laughs> you guys are going to know. Bogues. I'm not yeah. sure if it stands for something. But yeah. as far as I learned it in the two and a half months I was there, is just like someone who rolls in with a car whose wheels are falling off. They owe ten thousand dollars on the car. The car's worth five hundred. Yeah. They have credit that's five hundred or below. Right. They have no proof of income, <laughs> and they want a fully loaded Maxima Bugs. twenty twenty. Uh, and they also don't have proof of insurance. Right. Nothing. They've got right. nothing. So right. Bogue is just someone who's completely unqualified to buy a car. They've got yeah. no money, mm-hmm. and they're upside down on their trading. Right. Like. Uh, <laughs> So anyway, Bogues. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. So what are some other other things you learned at the uh, car dealership while you're there? Because I've got yeah, a few yeah. things too that. Uh, and uh, um, I would say also to be, like I said, tenacious, but also to understand that sales is a numbers game. The mm-hmm. more people you put yourself in front of, the more cars you sell. Same thing with photography, right? Yeah. The more people know what you do, the more bookings you're going to get. You can't expect to get booked if people don't know what you what you do. And with me in Charlotte, I don't. I'm not like the. A lot of you know. I know. I know a lot of people, but with me being only a year in photography, they don't know that I'm a photographer. Right. So it's just almost putting it out there as much as you can. It's a numbers game, right? The more people that see that you do that you're doing this, the more people are inclined to reach out and book you and ask questions. I don't even need you to, you know, message me and say, hey, I need you for this, this, and this. I just want you to respond and say, hey, I didn't know you were doing this. I was yeah. like, yeah. So everybody's going to need a photographer at some point. Right. Um. So as Thinking long as. a long game. Right. As long yeah. as you know what that, that I'm here and I do this and I offer this service, I'm good. Because mm. it'll come back around sooner or later. Yep. Um, And like selling cars, man, it's. When I was in uh, the internet department, I think I made a hundred phone calls a day, cold calling, dude. Yeah. Like there were leads, but then eighty yeah. percent were was cold calling, and I was like, <laughs> man. And then out of that hundred calls, you'll probably get two appointments. Yeah, one of them won't show. So ah. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? You you do this all day, you get one show, and then the frustrating time of selling the cars is that one appointment that you set out of the hundred you called show right. up can't buy a car you know what i mean and it's just like uh, try again tomorrow (laughs) you know what i mean it's just like and you and you got to push through that and and it's grind and then that's where sales comes in because sales you learn how to grind man you learn how to that yes all right today was a loss but the grind the grind is so important because once again you have a lot of people who think they want to be photographers they get Mm -hmm. out there on the front lines to try to make the money Mm -hmm. and then they realize oh man um they told me no, mm-hmm. and that was the one person I knew that actually needed photography. I guess I'm out of luck. Mm. Oh no! If you think that you're in the wrong, Man. you're in the wrong business. You got to get down there. You you can't be afraid. No, and no, you no, can't no. be. Uh, you got to be humble enough yeah. to be able to pick up the phone, you go into a business you've ever been into, mm-hmm. uh, when they're busy with their own stuff, and have the the audacity to walk up the front desk and be like, "Hey, uh, I'm a photographer." I noticed online that your pictures, honestly, no offense, you know, mm-hmm. they could use some work. 
um, I'd love to do the, do some extra, and I'd I'd love to uh, do the work for you. Um, what what you're saying right now can't be taught, man. Somebody's got to want to do. It just that. has the guts. Yeah, like, somebody's got to have that in them. Not everybody has that in them. You keep talking about that because I actually uh, realized I just kept the lights on in the basement, and yeah. uh, it should just be these lights. I know that's a small thing, but yeah. keep talking about that while sure. uh, I change the lighting. <laughs> no problem, man. Keep talking. Yeah, so uh, you just gotta have. You just got to have that in you, man. You can't you can't really teach that. I can tell somebody I can t- tell somebody all day long you got to do this. And I I think that 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 the manager that we had that you hated, yeah, thought that me or him telling us what to do was going to was helping us. Nah, some of that stuff some some new salespeople, that's not how they learn, man. They they learn by being shown and not don't tell me what to do. Show me how to do it, right? He he led by he, that guy led by great example by by showing what a horrible leader was. <laughs> like like if you're born into a family that's like a drug like the dad's a drug right. addict and a deadbeat, you're like, okay, this guy is a good example of what not to do with my life. Right. Um And you need that too, man. You need you need that kind of exposure in your professional truthfully, in your yeah. professional work, like, oh, Okay, that doesn't work. You know, we, what had I mean? a, we had a salesman, and you'll know who I'm talking about. I still remember his name today, uh, but uh, he was a guy who just kind of like I guess he just had like a victim mentality or something. Yeah. Um, oh my gosh. You know. <laughs> oh my god. Victim mentality just gave his, it away. His name yeah. started with a D. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He'd be getting chewed out by every manager every day. Because he would walk out and talk to one customer, get depressed, go back to his cubicle and not talk to anybody for the rest of the day. I didn't work Saturdays and I outsold him as a brand new employee. Dog, that's, and that's, that's an example of tenaciousness and drive can't be taught. Man. You, that cannot be taught. That's got to be in you. Well, here's, here's the thing that... Uh, my drive got a little bit better when I was at the dealership because what I realized was, man, um, one thing that I need to do is just realize that I was so afraid of someone not liking me or not selling me a car and then me walking back into the dealership and then having other salesmen um, or general managers asking me, hey, man, what happened to that sale? It didn't work out. I don't know. They, they didn't want the car. You know, I was so afraid of failure that I wouldn't even try. And then I realized, man, you know, you just got to get out there and not be afraid of failure. Failure is a guarantee, right? Every day you're going to go out there. You can be the most suave, good looking, uh, salesman. You can possibly imagine you're not going to sell more than three out of 10 or something like that. No, you probably could, but, uh, it's a numbers game. Yeah. It's it's just a numbers game. That's all it is. And don't take it personally when it doesn't work out. No, take it, move on to the next one. Uh, that's a big thing I learned while while I was there. Funny story. Yes. Yep. While we're on the subject of that salesman, they used yeah. to get chewed out. <laughs> Funny story about him. So remember, as a salesman, it was a no-no to let the customer just leave. Right. Remember? Right. Yes. Without at least getting a manager to come talk. So right. That salesman, <laughs> one time, had a customer, and the customer fluffed him all the way through. Was like, "Yeah, I'm gonna buy this. I'm just gonna go. I'm just gonna go get lunch real quick." Right. So he he said, "Oh, okay. Yeah, no, I'll go get the car ready. I'll be yeah. Go ahead, go ahead, have lunch. Come back." 
So the manager, our manager that we actually liked, the yeah. infantry guy was like, hey, where's your customer? And you the, know when he gets yeah. pissed. <laughs> the guy was like, oh, they went to go get food. He was like, oh, okay, they're coming right back? <laughs> he was like, yeah, they promised they were coming right back. He said, okay, just sit in that red chair until they come back. <laughs> Dude was in that red chair all day because they, <laughs> they never came back. He was like, oh. he said, so you didn't let anybody talk to him? I mean, isn't that such a good way of teaching you? So, like, you'll he, never forget. And you know exactly the second you sit down, you messed up. Right. The second, like, I mean, maybe he, yeah, he, probably didn't real, he probably didn't realize it for a few hours. But you or me, like, we would have sat down and been like, ah. Oh. He was like, yeah, don't get up. Don't get up until they come back. Because. <laughs> They promised you they were coming back, right? That was, but that's this is such a good example. Like right. people, people don't realize too that customers will lie to you. Do 100%. not think they saw your fluffy pictures, your bright and airy right. pictures online, uh-huh. and they think, "Oh my goodness, she's so sweet. Right. I just love her so much. Right. I wanted to take my pictures." If you take that approach to your business, man, you're gonna fail. And there might fail. be people out there. Uh-huh. Who that works for them? They say no. You just have to have this good. Uh, I don't know what what is some like some hippie term they would use for that. Like some f- feng shui. You yeah. just have to have good uh, chi yeah. around you or yeah. something. It's just like no man, dude. I Not don't know what freaking thing you're smoking. It's like <laughs> dude, these people were obviously out to rob you from the day one. Like, and then another thing with that is, I've never been a fan of counting a sale. Until my money's in my hand. Yeah. You can't do that, man. You can't check a mental box because they promised they were going to book you, right? Until you have a deposit or money's in my hand in full, I'm not counting that. That's not a sale for me. You know what I mean? And then that's just a lot of people get, get, get get carried along like, hey, you know, they said they're gonna use me for their daughters this year. Oh, that's already two hundred bucks in my head, dude. <laughs> what? <laughs> what are you talking about? Yeah. And, and I learned that from selling cars, man. Uh, just learning, learning that way. N- not that extreme to where right. I had to sit in a chair all day. But oh yeah, they they said they were gonna come back. They were gonna do this, this, show it to their mom, whatever, and come right back. Never came back. <sighs> you learn, you learn, you learn, and that's a rough way to learn. Yeah. But I always said, I told my wife, I said. Our kids are gonna go sell cars for at least a year. <laughs> I, it, any like, if I could give anybody any advice, okay. I'd say go sell cars. Yep, at least a year. At least. I agree. Did you know though? Uh, a lot of the cars are getting away from the um, haggle pricing. That's just a flat pricing yeah. now. Man, that's the fun part. Yeah, I know. I I'm, I enjoy that part, <laughs> dog. Dude, that's my favorite part. Yeah. Is not because I like getting over on people, but. It, it, it makes pushes it you. It, it makes it, it exciting. It, it, it pushes you. It helps you get better. And it, you learn, like, those awkward, uncomfortable situations of yeah. neg- negotiations. You remember those, man. You and remember I had it? some people who, some customers who were shaking. Yeah. Just shaking when they saw the numbers. Like, because yeah. they would take it personally, too. Like, right. what? You think my trade-in's only worth $2,000? Yeah. You, you swine. Yeah. And, you, <laughs> and then you learn how to, you learn how to gracefully. Mm-hmm. Rebut that, right? Like, yeah, hey, yeah, yeah. hey, no worries, man. Yeah, yeah. We, we took it out back. Yeah, hey, we found some problems with it. You know what? It needs this, this, and this. Mm-hmm. And you know what? The paint isn't all there. It's a 2006. We're right. living in 2020. It's a 14 yeah. year old car. Bro. Honestly, I looked it up on Kelly Blue Book. Here's a paper. It's only worth $1,500. Mm-hmm. But 
we're giving you two thousand because I fought for you in the with a manager. Yeah. And after after something like that, the people were like, "You're a lot uh, nicer than me, man." Uh, I would just <laughs> I would acknowledge their concern and move. So how they taught us in car sales was acknowledge their first concern. That's right. I remember that. And then move on. And then, like, you remember I told you, take it to another angle if yeah. they're not liking this angle. Mm-hmm. Oh, you don't like what you got for your trade? Let's help get you to that monthly payment you need to be at. Yeah. They forget <laughs> all about it, dude. That's You take that to anything in business. Mm-hmm. Oh, no. I'm not buying this. You're not giving – are you – I'm not selling you on selling me your trade. I'm right. selling you – on buying this new car so you you just shift their attention yeah that's i mean and, and the, that's not slimy you know what, what i, mean? I want to talk about before we move on from the dealership is mm-hmm. um some of the one thing i learned there what was what the line between ethical sure and oh, unethical. Man. oh man Ooh, oh man yes, yes. I'm big oh, on that. I'm oh, big on yes. that. Um, so. But what were some other skills? I mean, we've man, we've. I don't want to be this. I mean, but we could we could literally talk for hours of, all about day long. all the skills we learned just man, all meeting day clients. Um, how many years were you there before I came to work there? I think like, two years. I think you came at my peak. You okay. came when I was catching my stride. Like and you were doing well. I was. <sighs> I was killing it and, when you came, and it really. Oh man, let's just let's just go ahead and like. Uh, like, go to that part. Okay, mm-hmm. so uh, I moved from Columbia here to Greensboro. This mm-hmm. is how many years ago? Had it been five, six years ago, dude? Yeah, I think it's I think it's been seven years, right? Yeah. Um, my business in photography hasn't gone. You mm-hmm. know, I mean, I'm probably making like twenty or thirty thousand dollars a year or less at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, and I move here, and that's when Jeff told me, "Listen, when you move to Greensboro." Quit photography for a few months. Just sell. Find a job where you're just doing sales, and that's mm-hmm. fine with me because I know zero people up here. Right. Um, it would be a good way to kind of get to know the area. I'd never been to Greensboro in my life, mm-hmm. um, and uh, anyway, so I I uh, interviewed at your dealership. I got the job. The infantry guy is the one who uh, <laughs> initially you know interviewed me, and then the uh, football player is the one who gave me my second interview. Yeah. And we got hired. Oh, man. He's a good guy. Too. Um, the problem was I never met the other manager who was the jerk. <laughs> you and never it was would. my <laughs> second day on the job because he must have had like a day off. <laughs> right, right, And it was my second day on the job before he walked in. And I'm mm-hmm. like, man, that guy looks – I remember the first time I ever saw him. Like, man, that customer looks like a jerk. Mm-hmm. Then I was, then he just walked right into the manager's office like, oh, man, does he work here? I hope not. I would hate <laughs> working with that guy. It was just like the first look, and yeah. then he like sits down and like the manager's like, "Oh shoot, he's a manager. I hope he's not as you know rough mm-hmm. as he looks. Yeah. Like that guy looks like he he was just he was just waddling oh, across the floor, man. Always in a bad mood. Always in a bad mood. Right. And and no, and I remember the thing he was saying. Um, he was throwing up his hands. You can't work with that guy. That guy's just that guy's just a jerk. Because he was talking about a customer. Yeah. And I was like, I don't think the customer's a jerk. <laughs> My, I don't know. I don't know what it is. I'm just, yeah. I'm just taking a guess. The customer's not a jerk. Yeah, man. Um. Anyway, so uh, my first day on the floor, I sold a car. Mm-hmm. Well, first of all, I came in to do uh, the training, and they had to do a bunch of modules. Mm-hmm. They said, "Hey, you know, it's going to take you two or three days to finish these modules." I got it done before lunch, <laughs> and I came downstairs. And uh, I was like, "Hey, I think I think I finished all the modules." And the team, the, the management team, was like, "What?" 
that's impossible because I love cars so much. Right. And uh, I was like, no, I maybe I missed some, I guess. I don't know. And then they checked. They're like, holy shit. Like, <laughs> done. it's done. Okay. Well, uh, yeah, yeah. congratulations. You're a salesman. Go sell some cars. I'm like, right. are you serious? Like, that's it? Because... <laughs> The only the only thing the modules did was like go over history yeah. of Nissan and stuff. Like it was the worst. It, it wasn't it was like, teaching you like no. what to say to a customer. Like basic, how to introduce yourself. Like I had no idea. Car sales is on the job training. I had sure. never bought in a car myself. All the cars I bought were from private sales. Yeah, so I sure. had never been to a dealership before in my life. Mm-hmm. The first day I sell a car, uh, I, I just walk up to someone. Hey. Uh, you, would you like to take a test drive? And they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah I'd right. like to take a test drive. It was a truck, I remember. It was uh, a Nissan Frontier. Mm-hmm. And um, I didn't know how to get keys. <laughs> I didn't know how to do nothing. Right. And then uh, when I got to the negotiation part, uh, I really got kind of mad because I said, hey, you know, we're going we're gonna to make you do a split deal on this so you can watch this guy, uh, you know, do the, do the uh, yeah. negotiating. Yeah, I was like, man, that comes with being new, man. Yeah, that's fine. Anyway, so I, <laughs> but I sat there, and that was when uh, I saw the first time, like, like my eyes, negotiating, uh, like, it was ugly. Yeah, like, it was dirty. Um, it's just like, do I want to do this every day? No, no. I, I mean, I don't know what my facial expressions were like, but they couldn't have been good. Like, yeah. I must have been, like. And anyway, you, and then your first time seeing stuff like that, you gotta get. Uh, it's it's just so hard to grasp that mm. you gotta get. You're not a customer, right? You're you're on the sales side. Yeah. So, and th- that's that's a struggle in itself is putting yourself in the mindset of. Let me stop being such a customer advocate. Like, yes, I gotta make some money. That's their job, right? The, like, you don't have to defend this. This no. isn't like that's their. If they want to right. argue with you, if they want to point out a problem, mm-hmm. that's their job. Mm-hmm. Like you can know that something could be done cheaper. Right. You could know that twenty percent interest is a bad mm-hmm. interest rate. Yeah, that's not your issue. No, you your issue is to and sell hey, them on the facts. Bro. I got to pause here because some of you guys might be thinking these dirty car salesmen. <laughs> I can't believe I'm listening to this. I'm turning you off. If you think this is dirty, this isn't dirty. All right, this is real life. We will talk about some of the things that were dirty. And that's mm-hmm. why I didn't mention the dealership in particular because I am at least going to talk about some things I saw. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure if you, you want to talk about anything, but mm-hmm. I'm, willing to, I'm willing to talk some things. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, anyway, so uh, it's, it's not our job to advocate for the customer. Right. Our job is to put out something that is profitable mm-hmm. and try to get it. That's it. Um, that's it. It's not. It's not our issue. All right. So uh, I start working there, and I was the first employee ever in this whole town that apparently did not work on Saturdays. Dude, we hated you. <laughs> we were like, "What?" It's changed now, by the way. But uh, has it? Mm-hmm. Really? I don't go to church anymore. Nope. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I was. Uh, you know, I used to be a lot more volunteer oriented and yeah. helping the people out, but I realized, you know, I could give a lot of my time and effort and resources to helping other people out. And, you know, I, I could dedicate a whole day to people and, and I'm ta- I hate to say this, but I'm talking about some refugees too, Yeah, you know? And, you know, I would say, Hey man, we're gonna, I can help you learn English. Let, let me, you mm-hmm. know, give you, let's sit down and read a book together or something. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I come back the next few days. It, it'd be like, uh, the employee who was, you know, started with a D. Yeah. It'd be like, 
listen, man, I'm not like I'm making some real sacrifices here. Yeah. To come help you out. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't keep coming to help you out if you're not going to put in some effort too. Right. right. Um, and you know, I just too many times going to church where, uh, I was do- donating my time, mm-hmm. skills, effort where, uh, they're too busy arguing, too busy mm-hmm. fighting, too busy suspicious of me thinking that I'm trying to take over or something. It's like, yeah, dude, I'm, I'm volunteering my time here. Anyway, yeah. yeah. Uh, so I, I figured if I want to do good, I could probably find a better way to do it outside of church. Mm-hmm. Like, and that is my main motive. So I want Got to it. do good. I want to do good for others. Uh, I want to leave the world a little bit better than I found it. Mm-hmm. And I found it's kind of like, put an investment somewhere you know i could i could invest in like something mm-hmm. but this is a much better investment over here All right so i'm gonna do that yeah that's 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 I why get i don't it. go to church anymore anyway get it um so yeah i didn't i didn't work on saturdays at working as a car salesman which is wild but what was wild to me too is like i wasn't the bottom <laughs> bottom of the barrel All right like I certainly was not killing it. I never had a month there. I mean, I was there for two and a half months. Right. So it's not like I was there. But uh, mm-hmm. I would probably like sell seven or eight cars a month. Mm-hmm. And I would have three or four salesmen who are below me. So right. I'd be like lower, lower half of the pack. And uh, anyway, um, working there, I just realized very quickly that, first of all, learning scripts. Mm-hmm was so important. That's when you came in, said, hey, listen, man, uh, you took me under your wing. Listen, um, have they told you how, what the script is? I'm like, what's a script? Mm -hmm. I had never heard of a script before. If someone tried to tell me that scripts work before that, I'd be Mm -hmm. like, man, get out of here. This is in the 40s. Yeah. Right? Uh, But you taught me how to do scripts, and I was blown away Mm -hmm. by how much that helped me. And also, I realized, too, that there were times I'd be in front of a customer. The customer was just waiting for me to close them. And I right. wouldn't do it because I didn't know right. that I was supposed to because right. I didn't learn scripts. Right. So I started learning closing questions from people like you. Mm-hmm. And, you know, to say like, hey, um, you've been you've been enjoying the car when you're on a test drive and things have been going well? Yeah, I really like to enjoy the car. Well, when we get back to the dealership, uh, would you like to look at some numbers and see what we can do to get you in the car today? Mm-hmm. You know, to being very specific about, hey, let's get back to the dealership, let's look at some possibilities, and have you purchase this car today, right. not next week, not tomorrow. Right. Uh, and just just doing that bumped up my sales, you know, by two or three cars a month. Easy. Uh, and same thing in photography. Lots of times people will come to you and be like, hey, wow, I love your stuff. And you're like, wow, thank you. Mm-hmm. That's it. Right. Like, you've got to say, wow, thank you. Um, do you want to book a shoot? Right. Lots of times they're like, oh, oh, no, no. I, I just really think you're doing a good job. Okay, that's fine. That's no problem. Fine. Yeah. But other times I'm like, you know what? You know, my daughter is turning three mm-hmm. and we don't have any pictures ever. It's like, do it. Or it could be like, actually, yeah, I, my, my headshot is like 10 years old. Right. I need to get it updated. Right. It's like, well, let's get it done. Mm-hmm. Asking the question is something that I started realizing like, Oh, this is what Jeff was talking about. These are some basics I've got to learn. Just absolute basics that are so important that nobody ever learns. And one of the reasons why they don't learn it is because um, a lot of photographers 
will tell other photographers, hey, you should shoot for free and build a portfolio. Mm-hmm. It's like, no, the skill you need to learn that's more important than photography is the sales. So Easy. if you put off the sales, you're teaching yourself how to do the business wrong. Right. And you're going to keep doing that. You're going to mm-hmm. learn in teaching yourself that sales don't matter, right. that you can just always learn that later, and you're always going to be weak in sales. And if mm. you do that, you're never going to be as successful as you could. And possibly, you're never going to be successful at all. Right. Um, so those, those are some things I learned. But uh, another big thing that I learned, too, was uh, people lie to you. Like, I hate to sound like Dr. House or something, but mm-hmm. customers will lie to you. Your coworkers will lie to you. Not you, um, that I know of anyway. Maybe you, uh, <laughs> maybe you're just super good at it. Your uh, managers will lie to you. The system will be set up to take advantage of you. Mm-hmm. Uh, and no one will look out for you. You've got to look out for your own. Like I've already talked about how we had those like family mm-hmm. discounts that we never got. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, a big thing that was really bad at that dealership was. You're supposed to get like a like a sales report after you sold cars. Now, how you're supposed to earn your money at this dealership is if you sold a new car, you need, it worked. But if you got if you sold a used car, mm-hmm. you're supposed to get 25% of the difference. Mm-hmm. So, if they if they brought in a car that they brought in for let's say $8,000 on a trade-in, you sold it for 10, you're supposed to get 25% of that $2,000 difference. So you're supposed to get $500, mm-hmm. right? You never got that sales report. I don't know, man. I got mine. I don't, I don't Nobody know. else was getting their sales reports. <laughs> I, I, I wasn't getting my sales reports. You know that one guy who was flipping his, yeah. you know what, every sales meeting and yeah. get on the, in the, on the manager's bad sides. Yeah. The guy who had schizophrenia. Schizophrenia. Um, oh man, <laughs> that was so remember they got the mouth that guy had on that guy, dude. I can't believe. I actually I, liked him. I like, didn't know you were there with him. Yeah, that, that there, was rough. There was yeah. one day though that I wasn't there that I, he forgot to take his meds or something. Oh, he went off the deep end. It was <laughs> fuck. Oh, dude, it was it was so funny. We were all. It was just like we were like, man. Even what is going on and, right and, now? And uh, I remember you told me the story. Uh, apparently, not the sales manager, but the the manager for the dealership was on the floor that day, and he was talking to the to the main manager. And the main manager just looked him dead in the eye. I was like, man, I don't know what the f- you talking about. I don't understand what you're saying. <laughs> I love that GM man. That's my guy. He, he owns his own. He owns his own place now. Yeah, he kept. You know. You know. Um, infantry does too. Yeah. He's a managing partner. So. Man, he's going to freaking rule the world, too, man. Dude, I mean, he's, he, he's, he's killing He could me. be like uh, Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Like man, me, uh, I wouldn't be surprised. Man, he's a good guy. I wouldn't be surprised. Um, What are some of the unethical things you saw, speaking of? Because I know at least one story uh, I know of that I heard from somebody. But uh, what are some? Uh, I, man, just because I was... I, I can't really speak on it, man, because... I was on both sides of the fence. I was a, a manager and uh, a salesperson, but unethical is very is a very strong word, Jonathan. Okay, okay. Ju- Jesus you, Christ, you, <laughs> unethical. <laughs> it's you, not unethical. because no, because here, here, this is why it's important to cover it yeah. because lots of lots of I think creatives will get into 
a business and they'll feel dirty about the business part of business, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So they won't feel good. They can't feel good about selling someone on a $10,000 wedding because mm-hmm. they don't think they're worth that much. Right. Then right? that's, that's something. Make sure you stay them. close to the mic. Yeah. Then that's something within themselves. That's well, like, well, well, people need to realize too, is like, this is a big lesson I learned. Right. I sold, I think a Nissan Altima to some guy. Mm-hmm. He he walked off the lot or drove off the lot with a five hundred dollar month payment mm-hmm. for a Nissan Altima. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You can get with good credit, you know, some decent money down. You can get a payment that's close to a hundred dollars a month on an Altima, easily, maybe two hundred. The point is, yeah, maybe on a lease or something. The, yeah. the guy way overpaid. He had a really high interest rate. Happiest guy I ever saw. Right. Happiest guy I ever saw. Mm-hmm. Why? Because the guy hadn't owned his car. Owned his for his own car in a long time. Mm-hmm. He had never had a car that was this nice. Mm-hmm. He needed something to get to work. Mm-hmm. He had his reasons why he needed the car, right? Who am I to judge if it's a five hundred dollar payment? That's more than I'd like to pay, right. but I don't make any payments on my cars. I always buy my cars in cash because right. that's the way I I work. That's the way I operate. Okay. Um, all this to say, it's worth what the customer will pay for it. Right. So how do you value or how do you set the price for your photography? You get better over time. You start taking your own skills for granted. You can d- regularly deliver, deliver, let's say, on a wedding day, um, quality images that are absolutely breathtaking. They're in focus. Mm-hmm. You know how to run the wedding smoothly so that everyone get, has a good time. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of value in that. Mm-hmm. If someone is willing to pay you $10,000 for that, you shouldn't feel dirty. No. As long as you're upfront with the price, you disclose that to them up front. Mm-hmm. You're not trying to slip anything underneath, you know, like, bait oh, and switch. oh yeah. like, yeah, like a bait and switch. Like, let's say, oh, you charge them $10,000 for the wedding. You shoot the wedding after the wedding. They're like, Hey, where are my pictures? Oh, you want pictures? For the pictures, there's going to be an extra $2,000. Right. What do you mean? I hired you to shoot my wedding. Yeah, that was just for me to show up and shoot. Yeah. Okay. That's, in my opinion, unethical. 100%. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I saw some things at the dealership where they were like this, mm-hmm. where someone gets uh, a quote on the car saying, hey, listen, we're going to give you this monthly payment. Mm-hmm. We're, you know, we're going to do this and that. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, this is going to be your deal. They see the deal and they say, "Hey, you know what? I don't like I don't like the six hundred dollar charge here. What's the this, what's the six hundred dollar charge? Oh, that's our documentation fees. Mm-hmm. Oh, you don't want the documentation fees? You know that's just budget bull, mm-hmm. right? So, no, I'm not buying the car if there's mm-hmm. document documentation. All right, mm-hmm. you know what? Fine. They take mm-hmm. the paper back. They come back. There's no documentation fees. Right. But they took the six hundred dollars and they added it to the car price. Mm-hmm. And they say, "Hey, I agreed to it." Yeah, that's fine as long as there's no documentation fees. But they didn't notice the actual price of the card change. Mm-hmm. I think that's unethical. But technically, they agreed to it because mm-hmm. they they look at the document and they say and they sign their name to that document. Mm-hmm. So technically, they agreed to it. Yeah, but that, they were also man. tricked a little bit. Right. So it's that that's so that's such a fine line, dude. That's such a. <laughs> like that's that, that's something I, that, that's so rare. Make sure, make sure you stay. Yeah, sure that's stay that's here. so like. It's not that I, rare. Have I seen it happen? Yeah, I've seen it happen. It's common, but I mean, I don't. I can. 
honestly, I can't remember if that's happened to me. But is it unethical? I don't know. I mean, uh, it's definitely unethical because I feel like, and this is this is a bit of a gray area. I'm, yeah. The next story I share will be something that's definitely unethical. <laughs> unethical, like it's illegal. I think. Um, and you probably witnessed some of this while you're there, but you're uh, not going to say it because uh, you're no snitch. <laughs> but uh, snitches get snitches. <laughs> but uh, you know, there's there's a thing where listen, if you're upfront, you're transparent with yeah. all the costs. Mm-hmm. You make sure they understand what they're agreeing to, mm-hmm. and they they hire you for a hundred grand. Then so be it. What some people don't realize is that um, a hunt. What's the difference between a hundred grand photo shoot and a thousand dollar photo shoot? Sometimes it's ninety nine thousand mm-hmm. dollars. That's it. Sometimes that's the only difference. Right. 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 So what? What? You 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 just got to um, not feel dirty about charging what you're worth honestly man and that's not that's you don't even have to question how ethical that is when when you're thinking about photography because you're setting those prices based on what you believe your work is worth yeah there's no that's it's not like you're taking a 300 hundred dollar msrp selling it for triple right you, nobody can measure your talent right I mean, a, a it's, more, it's, yeah. it's very subjective. Right. Right. A, a more experienced photographer might be like, no, that's not worth it. But you're not, you're not, you're well, not selling photographers. You're selling clients. Yeah. So, and if you believe you're worth that and you're, you're putting out tasteful, um, tasteful pro- products and tasteful images, it's worth it. If it's worth it to you and you can sell them on that by all means, right? You're not, as long as you're not, like you said, after the fact, charging extra for the images. Like, yeah. I, do people do that? Yes. Oh, man. I've Dude, never heard it's that. It's so common. <laughs> I've never no, heard that. No, like, um, and that's one of the reasons the uh, the portrait industry, the high end, what do they call the portrait industry? The lifestyle portrait or yeah. something. Like, yeah. the old school people, you'd have a sitting fee. Oh, and then man. if you had a, uh, if you actually wanted prints, <laughs> that sounds like some car dealership type yeah. stuff, dude. No, I no, mean, this that's is different. old school salesman. Yeah. It's it's an old breed of salesmanship that I think was common a few decades yeah. ago. Right, just it's different now. It, it is it's, very different. It's got to be different now, just because people people want transparency. Yeah, people can shop you. Yes, on their couch, they can shop you. Right, hey, right. what what's the price for this? Okay, yeah. hold on, let me pull up cars dot com. Right. Or uh, what's that, Carvana right now? Yeah, man. I would me. hate to be a salesman right now. Right, so it's, it's with photography, it's like you have to be transparent with your pricing. You got to, yeah. you got to, reviews are huge, right? So you got to mm-hmm. have good reviews. Yep. Nine times out of ten, people won't even message you if you have bad reviews, yep. right? So it's like you have to have that positive reputation. Yep. And it's so hard in that I think and I'm not experienced as as much as you and these other photographers, but I think it's hard to get over on people as a photographer because you have to be transparent to even be you could, considered. You, you can be. I mean? it, it, it's it's really easy to take advantage of people if you want to. I mean, oh man. And I'm not saying I've ever done it. I've never done it right, because right. of what I saw at the dealership. So here's here's an example of what I heard at the dealership um, when I was there. Uh, I knew somebody who uh, got. Uh, he he worked. I don't want to say his name, but mm-hmm. he worked in the finance department. Sure, right. Mm-hmm. Be honest with me now. Mm-hmm. Actually, okay. He, 
Listen, I, I know oh, I know that there may have been a plot, and maybe I'm just being paranoid. But for a while there, because mm. I didn't work on Saturdays, I think they hired me. They initially told me to take a hike. The first two managers told me I'm fine. Right. Then then they told me to take a hike after right. they said it didn't work on Saturday. Mm-hmm. Uh, then the the main guy, the one that you liked, who owns his own stuff now, actually called me and said, "Hey, listen, we'll hire you." Mm-hmm. Right, so he's he's a real good guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not sure if it was because they were afraid of a lawsuit or whatever, <laughs> but uh, they hired me. But I think there was a plot. They wanted to see how I did. I wasn't a rock star, mm-hmm. so then I think they did. They tell the employees to try to get me fired. No, man, to try to discourage me. No, dude, it's it's. There was <laughs> we didn't have a meeting. It was like. Let's get this guy out of here. Trust me, we hated you because so, you were the only one off on Saturday. So no, so none of the general managers no, like came to you privately and said, "Hey, no. hey, listen, dude, no." Because I wasn't there on Saturdays. Right. I mean, they they could have come to you and said, "Hey, listen, I'm gonna no. give you five hundred dollar bonus if you get this guy to quit." I wish if they win, I'm like, I'll get him to quit this weekend. <laughs> no, all right, because there's some stuff that people were saying to me. All right, so I wasn't sure if this story was true because it's so discouraging to me. Uh-huh. Um. So I thought, man, this this story is a complete lie because they know that I'm a kind of a more of an ethical guy. Sure, they're just trying to get me out of this because I don't want any part of the business. Anyway, so the mm-hmm. story is, um, this guy is uh, working in the finance department, and he learned how to be a finance manager, where you essentially put all the numbers together. You're actually calling the credit people, the banks, getting the loan officer to approve the loan, you're like making it's where the rubber hits the road right because sure. all that all right so uh this guy's learning how to be finance manager and um he's training he has a guy come in uh customers who come in also in the, in the finance room you're doing a lot of uh extra sales sure so you're not just getting the the payment in you're also trying to tack on like what was that interior the interior first place finish yeah the first place finish uh (laughs) which was like like a 600 or 400 dollar tack on right (laughs) it was nothing it was nothing it was like i think it was just water they put in the bottle i really do think now people ask well isn't that unethical kinda but here's the thing it's a product it is guaranteed yeah so if you do spill something and you bring the car they actually clean your car right so is it worth it Kind of. Mm-hmm. You come back, you get a few stains mm-hmm. removed from your, your car, mm-hmm. it ends up being worth it. Right. So that's not unethical. What was unethical is they bought like the uh, service plan. The extended warranty. Yeah, the extended yeah. warranty stuff mm-hmm. or the service plan where they wrap it into your payment. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, they said, hey, you know, I'm not sure if I really like these numbers. I'm going to go. Can I can I cancel this if I want to? They're like, yeah, yeah, of course. Anyway, they go back to the house. They, did, they run the numbers. They decide they don't like it. Mm-hmm. They come back to the dealership the next day, and this guy is like, hey, um, and, and they tell the finance manager, hey, we like the car. We still want the car. We don't want the the uh, service plan. Sure. So can we get that canceled? The guy's like, sure. He goes to uh, the guy who's training him and says, hey, sorry, those are my dogs. If you guys can hear that on the podcast. Um, the guy who's... Uh, so the guy asked to the training him, hey, these people want to cancel the plan. Uh, do I send this to Nissan? What do I do with it? And the guy says, I don't know. It depends. This is the trainer in the finance department. Hey, um, depends. Do you want to make money? Oh, man. 
right? Okay. And uh, the guy's like, uh, I guess. Okay, well, if you want to make money, shred it. What are you no. talking about? What are you talking about? Yes. Yeah. You know the guy that I'm talking about, uh-huh. his, his, his initials were MG. Okay. All right. So uh, this is the guy who's being trained. Anyway. Okay. So uh, that will, that's what the guy was told. And I don't mm-hmm. know what happened after that. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But uh, the guy was literally saying, take this thing they don't want mm-hmm. and prevent them from canceling it. Mm-hmm. That's not consent, dude. That's like... Like that's, but also that's exactly what happens with like Time Warner Cable when you just, hey, I'd like to cancel my service. Oh, you like to cancel your service? Okay, here, let me transfer you to another department. You're on hold for an hour or two. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, what we need you to do is Man. fill out this paperwork, send it in. Uh, you send it in like by snail mail because you can't do it online for some reason. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, two or three months go by, you're still getting charged mm-hmm. like because they just lose the paperwork. Oh, I'm sorry. You'll have to send it again. Mm-hmm. This is common business stuff Mm -hmm. this is also stuff that i would say is super unethical right but it is common practice Mm -hmm. so these are the type of things um that man i would say is absolutely unethical 100 i mean that is i mean it's right right is right and wrong is wrong right Right. so that just goes to like back to photography where you know you can either deal with photographers like us that's going to be transparent or the guy that's going to charge you extra for your images. Right. Same thing. Right. Cause the, the, those exist. Those bad guys exist. And you just got to know who you're doing business with. The thing is, it's not unethical. If you make sure you under, you explain it clearly up front, Mm -hmm. the customer understands how you charge and Mm -hmm. agrees to it. Right. It's just the important thing is, you know, you, Explain it clearly up front mm-hmm. and 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 do what you're supposed to do. Yeah. Uh, but if you purposely confuse things, yeah, and mislead people to make make them think they're paying one price when they're right. actually having to pay another, right? That's that's wrong. And here's the thing: when if someone feels dirty about your own prices because you feel like you're charging too much, mm-hmm. you shouldn't feel dirty. No. If someone tells you no, all right. Maybe you're not worth that much. Maybe you need to lower your prices, mm-hmm. right? And I'm not just saying one person. You continually have asked maybe 100 people. 99 of them said no. Mm-hmm. Then it's something you need to fix. Right, right. right. Th- that's, mean, that's how you know. Right. And right. that's then you find your market. For example, uh, I heard a really good podcaster talking about this the other day. They were saying, hey, listen, how do you find your market? It's real mm-hmm. simple. Right. You sell a product for a certain amount. It sells a lot. Mm-hmm. Double your prices. Mm-hmm. So keep selling. Double your prices again. Keep selling, double your price again. Yeah. Finally, you get to a point where you know what your it plateaus out. Yeah, yeah, like you don't have a full schedule anymore, mm-hmm. um, and a lot of people are starting to say no. Well, you found your market, right? That's that's how it works. Uh, but some people will pull out a price out of thin air and keep that price for five or ten years because they're so afraid to be told no. To be told no, right. they're so afraid of finding out, I think, too, what they're worth. Mm-hmm. Like, they might like to think, you know what, I could sell this for $1,000, but I'm a, I'm a good person, you know. I'm virtuous, so I'm only going to sell it for 250 because I'm a good person, I care about the earth, or something like that. It's <laughs> like, 
No, you're just scared of people when you raise your prices to 500 and they say no because your photography sucks. Right. And you are afraid yeah. of people finding out. You're Man. afraid to be that's big. numbered. Dude, right. that's big because your price has to go side by side with your confidence and what you believe your work is worth. Mm-hmm. So if you know you're not worth that much and you're charging that much, of course you're going to be scared. But like me, when when I'm telling you my price, I'm 100% confident. What I'm giving you for that price, you won't find anywhere else with my quality of work. Now, is there a better? Yeah, of course there's better photographers out there. They're not charging you what I'm charging you. Well, well, here's the thing, too. I mean, people, there's a lot of other factors people don't understand. It's that, um, first of all, you might not feel that you're worth that much, Mm -hmm. but you really are. Right. Like, you've got confidence. Mm -hmm. A lot of photographers out there are incredibly insecure mm-hmm. i know personally people within my circle who are phenomenal photographers but mm-hmm. are so insecure mm-hmm. they have lived their lives doing amateur photography um kind of being like and it's more than one person so if you think you're watching this and you know me and you think i'm talking about you it's more than one person okay <laughs> um where they just end up doing like side jobs where they never take it as a full on career. They never right. own it. Right. Because they're insecure and, and they're too afraid to. So even if you don't feel like you're worth it, you need to put it out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you may be surprised by how much people are willing to pay you mm-hmm. because you may just be looking at the quality People can say, oh, but there's this other photographer who does such a much better job to you. Your insecurity is going to just be like, yeah, I know you're right. Yeah. That's not true. Mm -hmm. They may be slow in getting the images to them. Mm -hmm. They may be an absolute ass to deal Mm -hmm. with on set. Right. Uh, They may have just a really, they may be really hard to get a hold of. Right. There's all sorts of factors talking about convenience. Um, They may be incredibly inconsistent. So maybe they do a great job one time, but then the next two or three jobs they're late returning the images Mm -hmm. the focus isn't as good it was the first time Mm -hmm. it's just confusing things right you never know why someone might be going with you that's why lots of times another thing at the dealership is when they tell you well i could go across the street and get this for less okay why are you here right and you gotta have that you gotta have that kind of confidence man yeah because customers are then like oh you mean you don't care if I go somewhere else? Nope. No, I don't. <laughs> I, 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 want, I want what's best for you right. if you have that over there. Right. And lots of times they'll go with you. Why? Because they were lying to right. begin with. That's it. That's it. It's all. They're selling you on the idea that I'm going to leave if you don't give me a bigger discount. Leave. That's it. It is. That's, that's all it is. Somebody's getting sold every single time. Mm. And you just got to understand that and you can't forget it. And you got to be confident as long as you're confident in your work. Yeah. Your, your price is okay. No yeah. matter what you decide to charge. Cause nobody can measure that. Nobody can be like, let me look this up. Right. Is, is you can't Google is Basilio worth the $400 an hour. Yeah. Nobody can Google that. Oh, right. you have to make that decision yourself as a mm-hmm. client, as a customer. That's it. Yep. And you just got to, and nobody's gonna pay a premium if you're you're if you're already doubting your work, your prices, and you're already giving discounts from Jump Street. Like, right. Like if you're whoa, thinking, hold on, why are you already giving me a discount? Like, come on, man. And another great 
tool I know of to make sure you don't cave to someone who's like a price shopper too. Is this like, it's like if you go out, man, I, I, growing up, I was straight edge. I never drank or did any drugs. Sure. Even though there's a lot of it around me, mm. one of the reasons why I never had a problem with it, it was always easy for me is because whenever I went out, I'm like, I'm not doing drugs. I'm not doing drinks. Right. You should do the same thing with your prices. Yeah. But every day before you start the day, just be like, Hey, I'm not, I'm not discounting. I don't care who comes mm. and asks me for a discount. I'm not going to do it. Right. Um, and that's, that's just a good strategy. I'm so sorry for my dogs barking, if you guys can't hear it. I think I can hear it in the earphones a little bit. Uh, I'm not sure what she's barking at. She's a dachshund and uh, <laughs> mental. Anyway. All right. So I think we've explored the dealership yeah. thoroughly here. Um, mm-hmm. Let's move on with your life. Uh-huh. You're here in Greensboro. You're working at a dealership. Uh-huh. I think uh, you were dating your current wife at the time, right? Yeah, man. I've been with her for... 12 years. And she's still based out of Charlotte at this time. Yes. Yeah, so, so you found a dealership in Charlotte mm-hmm. and you went to work there for a while. Well, I also quit after two and a half, half months and then said, you know what? I think I've learned what I need to learn. And I went back to photography mm-hmm. and uh, I think I learned a- after that, everything changed for me. I went from 30 my first year to like 60. The next year I hit I mean, I don't want to be too transparent with this, but I hit six figures for my first time. Good. And that was two or three years ago. It's been increasing every year since then. Good. Um, but um, what happened with you? I kind of lost contact with you after that. Mm-hmm. So now is the time for you to continue your story. Man, so um, I got promoted to finance okay. at, at so our you, dealership. Okay. I did it for one month. One month. One month, and I was like, dude, this sucks. Like, There was another finance manager who actually quit and went back to sales, too. He was like an older guy. I can't remember who, but I, that sounds familiar. Yeah, he, he so. went back to Honda. Yeah. Like, he went back to the general, he went into the general manager's office and was like, hey, guys, I'm quitting. And they all laughed. Uh, and he really quit. And now he's like, no, I'm serious. And then they packed up, he packed up his stuff in a box in his office and walked out. And they're like, oh. I think that's who I replaced. Oh yeah, yeah, that's who I replaced. That's who I replaced. And also the yeah. the jerk manager, like everyone was recommending you, and the jerk manager was like, no, let he me, like vetoed dude, it. Let me tell you a story. So you remember we had that eight thirty meeting, sales meeting every morning. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So prior to that, there was a manager meeting at like seven forty five. Right. So once I got promoted to finance, um, I used to have to show up to those. So I was in the manager meeting with that douche manager. <laughs> Right. And it was like my second weekend out of training. Right. And I was filling in for a finance guy that was on vacation. Right. So I was overwhelmed. A, I didn't know what, what I was doing. B, I wasn't selling nothing cause I was just trying not to mess up. Yeah. Um, cause there's tons of stuff you can mess up as a finance manager. So my numbers didn't look good one weekend. Right. Cause I was filling in, I was over, I didn't know what I was doing. First thing he asked, so it was like a percentage, and I guess the percentage of my sales weren't high. He was just like, you know what, you know what that gets you? I was like, what? He said, fired. I was like, yeah, you ain't fired. Come on, man. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. I gotcha. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So like, I know the like they had a lot of problems in their finance department. They had that one yeah. guy who was running the internet. Yeah. That like they were finding papers in his car. Like underneath the seats, like 
No comment. That was so bad. Uh, that was so bad. Like, they, how do you remember that? I forgot all about that. You don't understand that. how amazing an experience working in that dealership was for me. Like, I was there. I was like, I need to learn as much as I can from this place, and I'm yeah. bouncing. Yeah. They were stupid to hire me. I can't believe I tricked them into hiring me. And that, and the one jerk manager was like, thinking like, oh man, do you think you're ever gonna be successful? So like. I had them trekked the whole time. Like, yeah. you think I'm obsessed here because I'm calling myself the Nissan guy? Because yeah. remember that? Yeah. Because I'm so excited to work here. I'm here for a few months, then I'm bouncing, and none of you guys know this. <laughs> like, I was only there to how to learn how Bro, to sales. It was so rough, man. Um, it was so so to get back on track. Yeah. I did it for a month, and I was like, man. And then make I sure think, you stay close. Yeah, to the Yeah, I think something um, happened to where. I just got the urge to move back home to be yeah. closer to my parents and my family. I think I was I was literally the only one here. So I moved here for college. So yeah. my, my fiance uh, or my wife now, um, my girlfriend at the time was here because she went to UNC Greensboro. Okay. My best friend was here, his girlfriend, a bunch of other friends. Everybody was done with school. And move back to Greensboro. Move back home. And yeah. I was like, dude, this sucks. Yeah. Like, I'm making decent. I, you know, I'm, I'm killing it. Right. I'm making good money. But is, what am I doing? Like, I'm I'm working my butt off. And then to go home, sleep for a few hours, then wake up back at 745. Yeah. Do it again. Right. And I'm like, and then, honestly, man, when I was in finance, we used to have bank reps come by. Mm-hmm. Like, so, you know how we, we finance with like all those different bands. So we had one bank rep come. And he sat in my office telling me about their program or whatever, just telling me why we should do more deals with them. Yeah. And then I was like, have you, have you ever done finance? And he was like, yeah, man, I did it for 15 years. I said, why'd you, why'd you stop? Why'd you stop and join the bank? He said, I woke up one morning and my daughter was leaving for college. And I, I don't know. I don't remember anything in between. I was like, what? I'm out. <laughs> This is bank management. That was bank a, finance. I, that was a week. No, he was a, a finance manager at a dealership before oh. he moved to the bank. Oh. So he was a car guy. Yeah. I said, why'd you get out the car business? He said, man, my daughter was leaving for college as I was getting ready for work one morning, and I don't remember anything before it. That was a week before I quit. I was like, all right, time to get out. That was that was eye opening. That's I was like, true. I mean, that's that is the life story of everyone in that industry, though. Too. I was like, man, and people enjoy that industry, though. And I, I you know, big ups to them. Yeah. And I different I, strokes for yeah. folks, man. But for me, that that opened my eyes, and I was like, this is not. I'm twenty. I think at the time I was like twenty five, twenty six. I was like, man. What blows let my me, mind let is me get out. Is some people will say, man, it's you know, I remember uh, some of them. Talking about like, man, well, you see that guy over there? One day you can be like him. He makes six figures. I'm like, there's easier way to make six figures. Yeah, like, 100% without putting in 60 hours a week. Yeah, sitting. I mean, uh, you, I mean, you may people. you may put in some hours, but it'll be worth it. And you're yeah. not going to be doing sleazy right. stuff. Mm. And honestly, to make six figures in any company, you've got to be making multiple six figures for someone else, right. and they're giving you a small cut. Right. Like. Whew, Anyway, and and then from there, I literally quit with no job lined up. I had a car payment, my and then my my lease at my apartment. I was about to move in with you. Dude. That's right. My That's lease right. was up, and I was like, if I'm gonna move back home, 
now is the time. I literally, I literally went to work that day thinking it was another day at work. Yeah. And then at lunch, I quit. I was just like, and sometimes then, you just know. Yeah. And my GM, uh, my GM was like, you serious? <laughs> Cause I was so invested, man. I was so invested in the company. And was this the infantry guy, or no? This was the general manager. Okay. okay. Um, and I love him, man. He was awesome. He's. I'm in contact with him to this day. I actually, yeah. I'm friends with these guys on Facebook too, yeah. and I do admire all of them. There's yeah. just that one jerk. Oh yeah, for sure. There's always the one guy. And then I was like, man, he and he actually, he was like, you got where are you working? I said, I don't have, I have nothing lined up, and he actually helped me. He connected me with a Nissan dealership closer to home. Okay. Just kind of sell cars while while I'd find something else. Nice. Um, so he helped me out big. He could have been just pissed because he literally promoted me, and 30 days later, I quit. But he <sighs> he was so, he's such a good dude, man, that um, he helped me out there. And then the funny thing is he ended up coming to that dealership. And promoted me back in finance. And then I did finance for him for two years at, at that dealership. Congratulations. Which was, which was such a better experience for me. Because it wasn't so like, do this, do this, do this, do this. He was, I, I took the time to learn. And it was yeah. it was good, right? But I did that. And then at that point, I was like, man, I'm still in the car business. I'm stuck. It's so yeah. hard to get out. Because A, it's hard to find a decent paying job when you're used to making what you're making in the car business. And so it's almost like, a, and at the time it's so hard to get a job right now. It's, and it was just like, I'm stuck here. I'm going to be a car guy. I'm going to be one of those divorced car guys. You yeah. know what I mean? It's but real. Like, it's real. And I was like, man, so what happened was I moved to another dealership. It was a sister dealership to that dealership um, in Pineville, same company. But I literally moved there. I did the. I sold cars. I said, I don't want to do finance anymore. Let me sell cars. So I sold cars, honestly, just until I active. I was actively looking for another job. And then I was like, man, that was rough. That was a rough 30 days when I, because I wasn't really selling anything because my mind was, I need to find another job. Yeah. I, um, and then that's when I started applying uh, to banks, everything. So thank God for the car business. I got, finance experience right. on my resume right? right right so i um applied to b of a got a call back interviewed it was like september it might have been i interviewed in september what year 2016 okay right um interviewed bro never called me back i was like months go by months go by months go by february comes i get a call while i'm in the morning meeting at the dealership yeah Hey, are you still interested? I was like, oh, five months ago. <laughs> yes, I'm interested. <laughs> he was like, you want to offer you a job? I'm going to send you an email with an offer sheet. Da, da, da. Your, here's your start date. I was like, dude, I, I didn't even show up to work at the dealership the next day. I, I talked to the GM. I was like, hey, found another opportunity. You know, in a dealership, yeah. there's no two week notice. It's, right. We don't need that. So right. he was like, man, no, you're good to go. Cool, cool guy. So, left my first role at Bank of America was a. It was called a relationship manager, which is per, basically a personal 
personal banker. Mm. So I went from selling cars to selling people on credit cards, car loans, uh, mortgages, stuff kind like of, that. It's very similar. Like, very similar, yeah. but so much easier. And probably a lot less right. salesy. Yeah, because, I mean, I can't, I'm not selling you to buy a credit card. Right. I'm just selling you on hey, applying you know, for one. Right, right. You know what I mean? The stuff I'm selling you doesn't cost anything unless, you know, a mortgage has interest. But right. I'm only selling you on an idea. And mm. then I think and then I talked to my manager at Bank of America that hired me because mm. I did that for one year. Dude, I was the number one relationship manager in Charlotte. In Charlotte, dude, dude I was I'm killing telling you. I know it doesn't surprise me at all. Bro, man. You, I have you got awards. I have awards. Like I was like, people were like, where is this kid coming from? Right. And then it's the car dealership. Yes, dude. it's the sales, dude. Man. And it was like, my manager was like, "Here's to like, how are you doing this?" And then they sent they sent somebody to secret shot me, Bank of America, <laughs> just to see what I was doing. Like, how did you know it was a secret shopper? Because like, they said I failed. So I they said I failed because I I forgot to read a disclosure. But the person they sent to um, shot me was like an eighteen-year-old, so I fought it and then I won because they didn't know what they were talking about. Yeah. I, I read the disclosure because um, they're very, you know, it's, yeah. it's the bank, so it's very, yeah, it's like you the know, navy or something. Yeah, so man. it's like, so my, I was like, you know, my manager was so she loved me. She was just like, you know, I wish everybody had an attitude, a good attitude like you. Attitude is so important, man. Couldn't everybody was like, man, I'm not making them. So we got paid off like the amount we generated. Dog. The one quarter at the bank was probably more than I made at the dealership one for a month. Wow. Like that check was the biggest check I've seen hit my account. Wow, and I and you would that's hard to believe coming from the car business. You would think it's the car hard, business it's not hard to believe because I mean, to me I'm it telling, was. <laughs> no, I'm telling you, like when I saw that operation, yeah. what was going down at the dealership we were working yeah. at, I knew that they were screwing over their own employees. Mm. I mean, there's yeah. so many people complaining about not getting the sales report. Yeah, um, and I knew that I wasn't. I wanted that 300 ZX, man, right. and they <laughs> would not give it to me. Right. And at the time, nowadays, if I was in that position, I would have taken it to HR. I probably yeah. would have pushed the issue. <laughs> probably would have gotten it. But I didn't even know what HR was. And they never yeah. talked to you about what HR was. They no. didn't want you to know that. No. Um, they were taking advantage of their people to try to make as much profit as they could. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's the way he was running it. And that's why I think also they were one of the worst dealerships on the street. Like their numbers were so low. Mm. So that's yeah. what you get. So I, saw, so I did that. I killed it. Um Man, they didn't. That that was such a fun job, man. I, I was on a team at a branch where the team was just perfect, man. And, and it's so it's so less intense. Hmm. I'm honestly because customers came to my office with me in their mind as a financial advisor, not a, a yeah. sleazy salesman. So I didn't when I was selling cars. The first thirty minutes was me trying to get you to yeah, cause open you had, up. You have your guards up, right? Yeah. I, I, that wasn't the case at when I was selling uh, bank products. It You're was just like sales on easy, man. Bro. And it was just like because from what I heard, you know, bankers would just be like, they would sell you on um, whatever you came in for. Oh, I need a new debit card or I need a checking account. Yeah. What they noticed in me is I was I was bulk selling. Oh, you're here for a checking account. A lot of my people opening up a checking account wants to start building credit. Yeah. Have you started looking at a credit card? 
Now, were these scripts that they taught you, or were these things that you just no, they, transferred? No, they t- they they taught scripts. Yeah, but the bank is big on uncovering like life priorities. Right. They don't teach you so much on closing. Right. So they teach you to ask the right questions to see what products would fit, but they okay. weren't. They were so a lot he- more ethical. Right. They were yeah. so hesitant on product pushing. They yeah. did because that's that's a big no no. Right. That they don't they don't really teach you how to close right so i took that from the car dealership. Right, right. i was like now you're teaching me how to ask the right questions in this industry right but you're not teaching me how to close i know how to close <laughs> killed it man <laughs> i was just like and nothing i did was unethical everything was exactly right clients right. would when i left for my new role bank clients were coming back like no way he left where is he like they wanted my personal number to like, I was like, no, don't give them my personal number. But they were like, no, we want to work with him and him only. Because it was the bank. I love that job, dude. Well, what made you leave? So what? I needed to grow. So I needed to grow um, financially, obviously. Yeah. Um, and I wanted to, so the I moved, I did that for two years and then I took a role in corporate. So I'm a, a implementation advisor. So now... I went from working with like personal, personal checking savings accounts and small business. Now I'm working with um, like our corporate clients. Mm-hmm. So my role now is less. It's it's not sales at all. Like it's more operational. So okay, um, we have salespeople that will go have lunch with CEOs of these big companies, get them on board to um, do treasury services with us. And all I do is I collect legal documents, make sure everything's in line cut on the service so that's what i do okay um but i'm still so it's amazing how far you've climbed especially man, man. uh being born in the philippines and moving dude, here when you were three like dude, me i talked to my wife and my friends all about it all the time I'm like how did i get here yeah <laughs> like what what, what? Well, here's the, here's the thing too because sometimes i feel like i'm doing well right and then i realize i'm actually doing really bad mm. in my opinion because like I've got people all around me who are just exploding, right? Like just absolutely exploding. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, someone who lives here in the neighborhood who I kind of know um, and am friends with uh, has started a business, and they now have twenty eight trucks. Wow! In like four or five years, huge. Like, uh, so sometimes I feel like I'm doing good, and then I see this, and then uh, anyway, but um. Do you have friends in your group that are also exploding, or is it like you? Man, I think right now my my group of friends are all. It's a win. It's a winning season for us, man. Just we're in a season of our lives where everybody's just on pace, doing well. Man, and, it feels good. And it's 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 like we we're not having to pick anybody up from, you know, from a loss. Everybody's just up right now, and um, we're all enjoying it. And everybody's jumping into new careers. I have friends that were drove trucks are now software engineers like right. crazy transformations and it's like it's doable man and it's it's real and and you just see it man it's just you gotta want it for yourself you gotta want it nobody can want it more than you it's, it's not gonna work out if if you don't want it yeah. you know what i mean and then i think so i did that now i'm in the implementation advisor role it's so different so when i first did it it took me literally i still don't know 
some of the stuff I'm doing now, right now. Now, what company is this still Bank of America? Correct. Okay. So I went from being able to hide behind my personality and my sales skills and I can, right. I can sell anything. Right? You're super friendly, right. super likable. Right. Now, I can't do that because I'm not selling nothing. Now, I got to sell you on, sell my managers on the fact that I can stay organized, you know, multitask, like real multitasking. Like this is... It's crazy. The my, the job now, it was rough, man. I three six months in, I was like, man, I don't know if I can do this. This is, I because typically I'd be able to hide behind my sales skills. Right, I can't do that. I have to really learn how to organize myself, how to do this job, how to learn technical stuff. Because this job's completely different, man. It's just like so overwhelming. I've been in there two years. I could log in on Monday. And get a request for something I've never seen before. So that's that's what kind of job it is. And it happens. And it's just frustrating. But then, like I said, I'm uncomfortable right now. Or in my job right now. But I feel myself growing. So I mm. know I need it. I need to go through this. So yeah. I try not to quit. Um, well, I'm not going to quit. But I just feel myself growing professionally. Because I need this. I, I, I need to fight through this. Um, and then... The good thing about my job now, bro, even at the dealership, is I love, as long as I love who I'm working with and my team around me, that's the biggest difference. That's it, so important, man. It I can make tell you. Man, it can make the worst job bearable, and you can stay there for five years. It's just the truth. Based off on who you're seeing every day. Yep. I love my coworkers. I love I my team. I have a few clients that sometimes, you know, every time they call, no offense, mm. it's just like, ah. Right. Yeah. Um, and the people that are a joy to work with, you know, I don't give them discounts, but yeah, like, and I think that's what's a little bit what's wrong with the country right now too. Mm. I mean, it's hard to enjoy life, enjoy what you're doing. If everybody's hating on each other so much, like, yeah, man, if you're, if you got a good crew around you and you enjoy being mm. with each other and it's, it's interesting, like just being someone like you, who's always bringing positivity, always smiling, mm. Mm. always just fun to be around it's hard to not enjoy life like, right man that's and that's what i try to bring to the table everywhere i go and then i think that's a common denominator you could that would come up if you were to ask any of the teams i was part of from the dealerships i worked at to my position now at b of a is I'm going to turn a stressful situation into let's laugh about it. Have you ever read um, Dale Carnegie's How to Win Friends and Influence People? I have not. No, you probably don't need it because you're natural at it. But uh, I I think naturally someone is – I can have lots in common with somebody, but I can be the kind of person who finds what we don't have in common and argue about it. Mm. <laughs> Okay, <laughs> I see that one hundred percent. Like I, I am, uh, and I've learned that about myself. That's what I've grown. So I picked up that, and it sounds so like really how to win friends and influence people. That's mm. a pathetic title, but <laughs> it was. It's by Dale Carnegie, okay. and it's an old classic book that I think is was written in the nineteen twenties. So it's almost a hundred years old now, mm. or something, right? Mm -hmm. um, but it's just some basic stuff. Like, hey, man, make sure you remember their name. Like, make sure you use their name right. and remember things about them and actually listen, you know, yeah. like you were talking about listening to listen, not listening to respond, right? Mm -hmm. um, there's so many things you do naturally that uh, 
man, it is such an important element to your success. Not only your attitude and your work ethic, but thanks, man. Um, where when did the uh, Bocce restaurant fit in in all this? So, um, so first, Bocce is owned by me and my brothers. So How, I have three older brothers. So, so all of you guys are in it. Correct. Me and my brothers could never operate a business together. Trust me. I mean, it hasn't been. It wasn't Perfect. always pretty right. and fun and awesome. It's okay to say. I mean. Yeah, it's it's <laughs> it's it was rough, dude. Yeah. I mean, and and running a business is hard already, but running a business with four, three other guys that have opinions and it's hard. But we're especially we, when you're the youngest, right? But they, um, luckily, you know, they they appreciate my opinion and they really. They're really opening to let me handle a lot of the business aspect of the business. Do they have good business experience? Like so their their experience is all restaurant. Okay. All they've never owned one, but they've been they've worked. They started off as dishwashers to chefs, like right. real deal chefs. Um, they've all I think they each had at least 15, 16 years of chef experience okay. each. Do they work at the restaurant? Mm-hmm. Okay. So they handle everyday um, operations. Um, I handle typically the business aspect, finances, uh, recruiting, hiring. I'm basically our HR, right? Yeah, right. So um, I handle that part. I handle. There's no one better you could have. I mean, right. I so. oh, thank you. Yeah. But um, any like business decision that needs to be made comes through. They, they ask me right and we always decide together which is good right um i would never make a decision solely on my own unless i absolutely have to um but i'm also mindful that everybody needs to have an opinion and everybody needs to have a say so because it is a group business so i mean starting out we've never ran a business together so it was <laughs> so rough man <laughs> it was rough it was like weekly so we opened November. I mean, at least it wasn't 5th, daily, I right? Mean, we, it might have been daily. Yeah, November fifth, two thousand eighteen was our first day. Okay. Um, man, it was rough. It was like the every week it was something. If it wasn't something, it was something else. It was like, like and then COVID hits. COVID hits. Surprisingly, we got busier. That's been my experience. In both busier. in both my short term rental and my man photography business. Man. COVID, I don't know. I guess people don't don't want to cook because <laughs> we closed our our. We had to close yeah, our dining area for a little bit. Yeah. So we were like, man, we're, our sales are gonna drop. First week sales were bigger than what we, what it was even when we had our dining room open, and mm-hmm. it's consistently increasing. And we're like, awesome. I, I'm not complaining. You know Good. what I mean? So um, COVID hits and. It's not really affecting us that much. I mean, awesome. if anything, it's actually it's actually increased our business, which I'm super thankful for. I'm surprised the has a, as far as your business has been doing. Has how have you been with COVID? Um, as far as how I've been handling things, yeah, and, um, good. I mean, so I've as far as my work at the bank, I work for the bank, so I'm I got sent home in March or April. Uh-huh. So I've been home since working from home. Um. It's perfect, man, because I live in Midland, North Carolina, okay. and I work in downtown Charlotte. Okay. So that's like a 30, 45-minute commute. Oh, man. Um, So 40, uh, 30, 45 there, 30, 45 back. That's eliminated with COVID. Right. Right? I log off, and I'm I'm already at home. It is so nice to work I can, at home. I can go take a shoot at 5 o'clock. Yeah. 
because I if I log off at four, I can I can meet somebody and do a shoot at five, <laughs> do another one at seven. Perfect. Right. Um. So that's been awesome that way. My wife works for the bank too. My w- wife works for Wells Fargo though. Okay. She got sent home before I did, so I get to spend time with my wife. I bought a house in April. No, I bought a house in March. Congratulations. So thank you. So we're, we're enjoying our house. Yes. <laughs> we got two dogs. Yeah. So we're loving it, right? So COVID's been covid's been good to us lately um as far as uh and then it just gives me the the time and the opportunity to just handle everything i got going on man i got so much going on yeah you do so why in all this um you're doing it was so surprising to me when i was on instagram or something and i was like oh hey basilio oh shoot Basilio's doing photography <laughs> and he's kind of good. Like, yeah. So being this busy with all this going on in your life, when did you start photography? You said you bought your first one in October, 2019, October last year. So it yeah. hasn't even been a year. Okay. So let me tell you the reason why I even, what sparked the idea. So we were looking for a photographer for our wedding that was supposed to be this April. Right. But it got pushed back to next year. Right. Um, I was like, man, dude, these guys are killing it like what in the world you can and yeah. i was like man and then we hopped on the phone with these people like why are they so awkward like <laughs> i said man so you're observing yeah. I, I don't mean to keep interrupting i know yeah. i've been interrupting you a lot right. but that's no, okay so you're also observing yeah photographers suck at business <laughs> and sales man, they I, suck at it dude we need to start a uh a sales photography sales class. Uh, this might Dude. be a good time to plug. Um, if you guys want to sign up for something, I am currently building a class that I'll be releasing online. I've already got a few videos completed for it, but it's called the Real Estate Photography Master Class. Mm. I'll put a link to it in the description if you want to link up for it, but it's exactly how I do all that I do and how I make multiple six figures a year with one person. Huge. So uh, Huge. Uh, I will say this, you uh, may not have the same results necessarily. Uh, no, that's not the way to say it. How do I say this, man? Like, I do teach how, how to do this, but it's very much focused on a lot of business, how to do it right, but also streamlined, excellent photography done quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, so yes, that is that is happening. Good, uh, good. But you should also consider if you really want to make the next jump to like, hey, hey, you know what? I'm making good money to joining the 1%. Mm-hmm. It is learning to sell a product that can be scaled infinitely, mm-hmm. instantly, because it's digital. So selling a digital product, making it first, and then selling it online is the way to go. If you were to create a course... Mm-hmm. On how to sell, mm-hmm. you could make a million dollars a year. I believe it, and I'll tell you more about how exactly if you want to get some lunch after this. Okay, but uh, not to you know shortchange you guys. <laughs> but uh, seriously, insider. <laughs> <laughs> I will go over it if you guys want to. Just uh, comment down yeah. below or uh, send right. me send me a message. <laughs> but um, yeah, I mean the truth is you can make some money with photography, but the mm. truth also is if you can sell you can make money with anything mm-hmm. and i'm talking like i sometimes like i've gone through a little bit of a cocky phase where i felt like man mm-hmm. when i first made six figures i was like man 
so many people think about getting here. Then I realized there's a lot of people out there making six figures. Yeah. Actually. And uh, there's a lot of people who think there's something that aren't. Right. And you need to just humble yourself and realize that you ain't done nothing special. Right. Um, but then I also realized there's industries that make a whole lot more money than me that, for example, if you have this, if, if you can make six figures in photography with a certain amount of attitude and work ethic, mm-hmm. if you get into trades like plumbing, landscaping, electricians, mm-hmm. any of that, if you can make six figures with, with a certain amount of work ethic, and then you take that same exact effort, work ethic, and put it into one of those industries, you can make three or four times more mm-hmm. just because people don't want to do that work. Right. Uh, it also takes a little bit more of a technical advice. It's also a little bit risky mm-hmm. because you're you know, putting yourself in a little bit of danger. Mm-hmm. Um, I know people in trades who are absolutely blowing up. We're talking half a million dollars a year. Mm-hmm. I believe it. Um, so photography is like, you can be, you can make some money, but mm-hmm. it's nothing compared to what you could be sure. doing, like in other industries. So, right. But anyway, uh, just uh, mm-hmm. so you you were talking to these people with doing weddings, and you realized, man, they're awkward. Yeah. And even at that point, I was like, they just need somebody to negotiate for them, or like, yeah. just speak for them. They need a secretary or something. Um, a few weeks go by. Um. I went to Best Buy to buy a, uh, what did I buy? I went to go buy like something for my TV. And then I just walked across the cameras mm-hmm. and I was like, let me play around with it. And then a, a, a salesman came and me having no experience with cameras. I don't know if he knew what he was talking about, but yeah. it sounded like he did. <laughs> hey, So he's got t- the yeah. sales down. So he's, on, me, he's on the front lines, man. So let me tell you about car guys or ex-car guys. We're the easiest people to close. <laughs> Because we, we roll right over it, yeah. right? So he, he goes and telling me, I need this, this. You need this kind of lens. And me, I have n- I don't know what I'm doing. Right. I did no research because I wasn't in here for a camera. Right, right. 30 minutes go by. I'm walking out with $2,000 worth of cameras. <laughs> I'm in my car like, how do I explain this to my wife? <laughs> what do I say? Oh, man. Just, um, hey, babe, I got some good equipment for you to take better selfies. Right. So I was like... <laughs> And granted, I didn't just spend that money. I spent that money not knowing how to work any of it. I'm just going based off what this guy told me. Dude. Right? So I was like, oh, crap. Now, <laughs> there's probably going to be people getting yeah. pissed because there's some people who think you are real photographers. Yeah. This guy isn't a real photographer. No. I can guarantee you this. He's going to be blowing you out of the water being what you consider not a real photographer because mm-hmm. he knows how to run business. He knows what clients like and whether you like to admit it or not, he's got skills because I've seen his work. Uh, we'll put your Insta in the description. Thank as well. you. In fact, if you want to plug yourself, what's, what is your Instagram? It's at Cilio S I L I O shot it. Um, no underscores, nothing. So at Cilio shot it. Uh, that's my photography page. That's where you're going to see most of the work I, uh, I produce and put out. And what uh, what kind of work do you like to do? So, follow? man, to be honest, I do anything. Yeah, right now. <laughs> right now you, you're still exploring. Stage, I'm finding, right? I'm trying to find my niche, but I, I like portraits. I like mm-hmm. lifestyle photography. You're a big portrait yeah. uh, people person. I think mm-hmm. that'd be good for you. And I like, uh, I work with a lot of athletes, a lot, do action shoots, stuff like that. So I'm really not turning any work down. Anybody that says yes to me, I'm... 
I don't care what it is. I'm going to do it. Like I did, I did a real estate shoot. Yeah. Oh my, let me tell you, this was last Saturday. It was a million dollar house. So the reason why they called me is because I didn't. So it was an Airbnb um, mansion that they turned into like an event center, but they also let you rent it right. for to have a, it's like a vacation home. Right, right. Uh, it's on Lake Norman. So I did Ooh, an event Lake there. Norman's real nice. I did an event there, and uh, the person that hosted the, the event after that was like, "Hey, I'm gonna send you uh, to the owner of the house. Uh, she likes your work." So she reached out to me. She was like, "I need new Airbnb pictures." Um, I was like, cool. Yeah. Fine. No, no idea what I was doing. Right. <laughs> All I did like the night before I Googled real estate photography yeah. and I was like, okay, need right. lighting, need a, need a tripod, whatever. Right. Right. Got there raining, <sighs> raining. Oh my gosh. Raining. And did I was you not like, reschedule it? No. I said, whatever, <laughs> let's do it. <laughs> I ain't scared. <laughs> so I got in there. It took me about 30, 45 minutes to like fill out how I needed to do my, I had to use flash. There's no, right. I had all the windows open, all the lights open. It was raining. It was still mm-hmm. really bad overcast. Most people. And that's one thing that I really was impressed because you got started early in photography. Lots of people are terrified of using off camera lighting. They're just yeah. hor- they're terrified of using it. You got, you dive right into it. That's complicated yeah. stuff. Got so, to. Good for you. So I used the flash and I was like, oh, these are, these are be all right, whatever. Yeah. So I went through the whole house. And I was like, man, I was like, how am I going to do this in post? I was like, because yeah. she was like, I don't want any dark spots. I was like, all right, whatever. So right. uh, me confident, like, yeah, yeah, no problem. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. So I'm over here taking a <laughs> bunch of pictures. Until you make it, man. Right. So I took it, got home in post, put it in, uh, I used Lightroom, and I was like, I just played around with it. I don't know how I ended up with the images I ended up, man. And I, she loved them. She's happy. Hey, I'll tell you hey. this. I'll tell you this, too. Really important key to making sure the client is happy mm. is making sure they are feeling good about the shoot oh, when you're on the shoot. One hundred percent. Because if you make if 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 you're trying to if they feel uncomfortable mm-hmm. or they if you make things awkward during a shoot, mm-hmm. even if you deliver phenomenal photos, mm-hmm. they're not gonna like the photos because right. they had a bad feeling during the shoot. Right. So making them feel good, I'm not I haven't seen your images. I'm not sure mm. if they were fantastic or they were sucky. Mm. Um but if you make a client feel good at the shoot, even if your images are a little bit subpar, they're gonna feel they're gonna be yeah. happy with them. No, I agree with that statement. One hundred percent. Super important. And um she loved them. Two weeks later, um she called me back over for another event at the house. I'm like, man. And just from that one client, I've already, you know, did more than nice. what I expected to do. You know what I mean? Nice. And it, he, what I've learned about photography and the business is it's all about, it's really based on referrals. It's like selling cars, dude. I'm not sure if you listen. I'm not sure if you've listened to the yeah. other podcast, but um, forgive me if I'm repeating myself. I am really good at hacking algorithms, mm-hmm. um, not literally like hacking yeah. algorithms, but figuring out algorithms and taking advantage of them right. is essentially what I'm good at. Because, um, man, I've been a lot. Uh, anyway, so I, on certain keywords here in the area, if you look up you know, drone photography, commercial mm-hmm. photography, I am the first one that comes up. Nice. Like, and it's not just because I've got cookies on my computer that give me those results. I'm, I go to a computer I've never been into, look up drone photography, I come up. Nice. Because I know what I'm doing. I get like one lead a month. Right. That kind of thing. 
Right. All my business comes from stuff I've learned in the car sales business Mm -hmm. where I'm calling people up, where I'm working leads Mm -hmm. that I, or or clients that I've already sold to Mm -hmm. and asking for referrals. So if you're looking, hey, how do I get more clients? That is how in every industry, in every place across the country, don't give me excuses about, oh, that's not how it works in my industry. (laughs) Shut up. (laughs) That attitude is going to make you fail. And let me tell you why you want those clients. Yes. It's it's A, the rapport is already started. Mm-hmm. Because somebody's already already sold you to them. Yeah. Somebody said, you need to hire Basilio. Right. This, because of this, let me show you the work. Oh, they're already reaching out to you. You're not, you're not soliciting your business. They're, they're already, they've seen your work. The only thing you got to sell them on is working with you. Yeah. And that's where your personality and your charisma and just your positive attitude. That's all it takes. And it's the, and I've, I've found those shoots go so smooth. Big thing too is <laughs> so uh, if you've got a client who's paid you and they're referring to you, they're referring to you someone who else who's going to pay you. 100%. Like that's, that's the important thing. That's mm-hmm. also why I really try to shy away from free work because when you do free work for someone, they're going to give you and refer you to their free friends. Right. So you really want to, no, yeah, that's that's that. a that's a great statement. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I think you got to you get just don't be don't be afraid to jump out into something you've never done before, man. I that real estate when I was like I don't I, I thought about giving you a call, but I was like, man, let me just Dude, let me just jump right in. As long as you are not in my like immediate <laughs> yeah. market. I'm happy to help, yeah. um, especially because yeah. you help me out so much, man. Right. So give me a call. Mm. I can give you everything you need to know in mm. a few hours. Cool. Uh, industry standards, how to talk to uh, real estate agents specifically, because you know how to sell, but mm-hmm. they're, you know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. different industries are different. Sure. So right. just like when you're selling cars versus uh, working at a bank, yeah, it's very similar but different. They have their quirks. Uh, yeah. So there's some things they want to hear. There's some things we're looking for. I can tell you exactly what they're looking for. And, uh, man, uh, the only problem you would have is with daylight savings coming up and you working a full-time job. Yeah. So, and I don't push that, man. You could do I, a lot of yeah. twilights, though. Right. I don't, I, yeah, that's true. I don't, I don't push real estate photography. If it, if it presents itself, I'm not going to say no. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's just an example of me jumping out. And taking something I've never done before, but yep. I like to do, I do like to do portraits a lot, um, sports. I like stuff like that. Um, yeah, man, that's pretty much the, the core of my photography. Uh, I think right now at the beginning of it, I was just trying to make as many mistakes as I could Yeah, <laughs> just because So I, I learned that, man, I got to learn, I got to learn. And I learned from mistakes and I right. learned from being put in an uncomfortable situation because I did it to myself to make sure I don't, I don't want to feel this feeling again. Let me, let me, let me correct it. Right. Funny story. Um, I shoot, uh, a few of the Carolina Panther players back at home and that's quick. Right. Like that's big, but, and that's just, nobody referred me to them. This go, this, I use my, uh, my cold call, my cold call experience. So what I did is I drafted this paragraph on Instagram. I blasted it to the whole roster, the whole roster. And I was like, man, this is a shot in the dark, but let's see. 
three, four, five people actually responded. These are real players, blue check marks on their profiles and everything. I'm like, okay. You guys, you guys listening to this right now? Yeah. So I got God. one. I got, and I was like, man, if I can get one to bite, that's all I need. I just need one bite, one bit. So one was like, hey, um, yeah, sure. And I offered them, you know, because all that's going to do is help me. So I was right. like, you know, I'll do your first one for free. If yeah. you're, you're going to do free work, do it for work that's going to help you. Right. <laughs> you right. know what I mean? Yeah. And build your following and mm-hmm. somebody that has. I don't mind doing free work for somebody that has if they're a Carolina, if they're a Carolina Panther, yeah. they got a hundred thousand followers. Yeah. I get it, right? But if you never heard of this person <laughs> and they think they're Ron right. Burgundy, people know me. Yeah, like no man, you know. So yeah. I did one. Um, my first one, I said, oh, I was nervous. I was like, I gotta, I gotta knock this out the park. So yeah. he, it was during the off season. He gave me access to um, the gym he was working in. He was like, meet me here. Um, I have your. I gave them your name at the front. You'll be able to walk right in. Wow. So it gave me access. So first time doing this, I go in there, super nice guy. And then he put me in perspective of how old I am. He was calling me sir. I was like, how old am I? <laughs> Dude, you're 27. Wait till you I turn was, 30. I was like, when hey. I turned 30, I actually had a little bit of a like a <laughs> my life's over type of for a few I months. I was like. Dude, this Panther player, he was a really good guy. Mm. Calling me yes sir, no sir. Real good guy. Just He said, man, I'm just going to work out. You do your thing. So I was firing him off, getting great shots. Like I was looking at it, I was like, oh, man. Now, uh, we've been talking a lot of business. I can ask you a little bit of creative yeah. stuff. Uh, when you're shooting, are you doing off-camera lighting for this? Or are you doing natural light here in the location? I, so I'm doing natural light just because... I, I had no time to prep. Right, so, right. Yeah, that's um, fine. I'm, yeah. I'm just out of curiosity. Mm-hmm. There's no, I never believe right. one way is better. There's certain situations, certain... Yeah. Absolutely. Things. You got to adapt. Different right? tools for different jobs. You have yeah. to adapt. So I didn't have the ability to do all that. So I had to use the lighting that was there and it was it sucked. Yeah. It was like six, six o'clock. It was getting dark and we were indoors. So um, I was taking these pictures. Hey, uh, I knew that was going to happen because I've got a battery to go. All these are plugged in, but let me uh, replace that. Okay, you keep yeah. talking though. Yeah, so I um, I take these pictures and uh, I get home. <laughs> I get home. So my 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 workflow is move all the images from my memory card to uh, an external drive I use. So as I was ex- exporting them into the external drive, something glitched. Something happened, and um. It just stopped. So I was like, okay, let me plug it right back in. Plugged it in. All the images were corrupted. You remember me reaching out to you about that? Oh, I do not remember you reaching out. I get a lot of messages. Sorry. And I Man. Asking me about that. It was corrupted. And you're the one who told me, are you formatting? Oh, shoot. You, okay, I do remember that. And I was like, what's formatting? <laughs> and I was like, what? What is formatting? And then... Um, and you 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 explained it to me, and I was like, "Yep, definitely not doing that." Oh, and then I was like, "Well, now what?" This was my first Panther shoot. This was gonna open the door for me. <laughs> um, so I ended up having to buy a. Uh, I had to buy a program. It was like 150 bucks. Um, it was a it was 150 bucks, and what it did is, I guess. I, it just fed through all the files and it, I guess it 
brought him back. Yeah, it read it read the. Uh, the we don't need to get technical. Yeah, but so but it, it worked. Covered the files, oh my yeah. gosh! So I stayed up till like two in the morning, freaking out. So I got him done, got him edited, sent it to him in the morning. Boom. So I took those pictures and went back to the few Panthers that were iffy, that were like, eh. yeah. I was like, hey, I just shot your teammate. Yeah. Check these out. They're like, oh, you're legit. See, and that's Boom. that's what I'm talking about. Getting a paying client, using referrals, but working the client you just had to get to his circle. That's like, it. And we're talking yeah. about a Panther here, no, too. I, and then it's like, they're expecting, like, trust me, they, they expect, like, people to just, you know, do anything for them. Right. Like, these people are normal. Like, they are. And, and to me, they're so, they're very down to earth and to realize they were so much younger than me. I was like, man. I, I've uh, worked with um, some football players as well. Yeah. Uh, I did uh, a, um, I, I'm going to forget his name, but uh, he lives up here in North Carolina and he runs a nonprofit. We did, I did a video for him and his nonprofit. Nice. They had some Panthers up there. Nice. Uh, Jonathan Stewart. Stewart. Yeah. Yep. Um, well, I was actually surprised with I thought they'd be a lot bigger football players. Oh man, I don't. These guys are huge, man. The guys okay. I, I take pictures of. Are I don't big. know. I'm not sure why. Like <laughs> some of them were really big, but yeah. some of them were like, oh shoot, you're pretty skinny. Like the tall and muscular, but yeah, a lot leaner than I thought. Yeah. I was like when I saw them for a person, I was like, oh okay, wow, yeah. all right. <laughs> um. Anyway, that was just my first impression right. with it. All right. Um. So you took the images that you had edited and you sent it to the rest of them and you got more business from more that. business. And it's like, it, and it keeps going. I mean, it slowed down now just because they're in the season and right. they're, they're playing and practicing. Yeah. Um, but I'm, I'm planning on doing this, doing the same thing next off season. And then same thing with the Hornets. Yeah. Um, man, I think my approach to that was if I'm going to take myself to the next level, no one's going to help me do it you gotta, yeah. you gotta do it yourself you gotta put yourself out there don't be afraid to look stupid because if you do so what <laughs> you know what i mean that's what i'm talking about there's so many creatives and also who could do a good job probably could do a better job than you technically yeah. but the reason they didn't get the job is because they didn't show up right they didn't also think mm-hmm. of getting there right like and this is what so many creatives are missing man mm-hmm. um you gotta, you gotta put yourself out there. Um, but by the time too that they think of getting to you, you're also gonna have improved. Mm-hmm. You're also gonna be doing top tier work. Yeah, you're gonna have built relationships. Mm-hmm. And by the time another creative who f- feels like they're more elite or whatever can do the job better, it's mm-hmm. gonna be too late for them because they right. built a relationship with you. You've learned how to do it well. Yeah, and their product is no longer that good anyway. Right, because you're doing it, man. I, I think. With my work, honestly, like I said before, there's tons of photographers better than me. I'm sure, and I'm, I you're, live in Charlotte. Like dude. you're 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 a beginner, so I'm yeah. not gonna say that you're the best I've ever seen. Yeah, but you you get it. Mm-hmm. You will do well. I think there's. Uh, I'm not gonna be sitting here and tell you what you need to do better mm-hmm. uh, because you've got your own style. But there's a lot of things that you immediately understand, like um, you know your getting your focus you're hitting that i'm not sure mm. let's let's talk a little bit of technical photography mm. stuff have you already learned how to uh point focus yeah with that um so that's really important i mean i've talked with people who've been a photographer for years i'm like man mm-hmm. you're doing autofocus it's not doing the selective point on the screen mm. where do you learn most of the stuff by the way uh Just i attended the university of youtube <laughs> 
<laughs> I did four years at University of YouTube. That's it. That's all hey, YouTube. Dog. That's like that's I have. All. I'm, I'm completely. I didn't go to school for photography. Yeah. I'm completely self-taught on YouTube. YouTube. I had paid for zero courses until I got into video. It got a little bit more complicated. Yeah. And uh, then I bought a video course. I but you, I've only bought one video course. I told you earlier, um, I went into Best Buy and I, I walked out with two grand of camera yeah. stuff, not knowing how to work any of it. Right. I legit got home and said, like, I just typed in YouTube how to set what settings for <laughs> my camera. And I it was like a 45-minute uh, it was about a 45 minute video of just this guy just going through how to, yeah. what settings to put. Yeah. And then, like I said, man, I just, I just, I was annoying to my family and friends, like begging them, let me take pictures of y'all. No, let, me, let me do it. And that's the way to yeah. do it. And uh, my my wife will tell you constantly, my, my husband's got an incredibly obsessive personality. He obsesses <laughs> yeah. over things. Right. Um, and I think I do. I think it's just when you've, You've got to be. I yeah. Mean. So I, I annoyed them. So I I did photo shoots and, you know, for friends and family, of course, for free, just because I didn't know what yeah. I was doing. And then I was I was making mistakes and I was learning. And I was right. like, oh, why is this so dark? Or why is this out of focus? YouTube. Why? Yeah. <laughs> you know what I it's mean? It's funny how you are excited about how yeah. you made your mistakes. Like, yeah. And I made mistakes and I was learning. You, for That's me, such a great attitude. Dude, because I'm not taking classes, right? Yeah. So there's nobody teaching me to do this. You so learn so much faster that way. The only way you teach is, the only way for me to learn is, oh, snap, I don't want this to happen again. How do, let me, let me research. The good teachers, I said this on the last podcast too, if you if you do, you know, go to a teacher and pay money and invest time, mm. all the good teachers will tell you too, hey, thank you for coming to class today. Let's take a roll. Now go shoot. Yeah. So why? Why go? <laughs> like, you can right. teach yourself, and if yeah. you learn to teach yourself, yeah. And then, and then I learned. Uh, I think when I first bought my camera, I took pictures of my wife. I think I shot it on like aperture priority. Yeah. And I was like, man, this this is all I could do. And I was like, man, I gotta learn how to shoot manual. So I mm. spent a day just yeah. watching videos. I was like, man, it's not that hard. And then until you're out there, and you're like, oh. once you once you understand <laughs> shutter speed, yeah. aperture, ISO. Yeah. That's it. Your gold. Right. And you know, what's the advantages of yeah. one setting being here? The so, uh, yeah, side effects. So, of yeah. So yeah. it's like, and then you learn it. And then yeah. honestly with me, you don't master it and it doesn't become second nature until you do it all the time. Right. So you just got to keep doing it, putting yourself in those situations. And, um, but then you also learn like, I learned the advantages of editing on your camera, uh, on your, um, doing your edits on the laptop rather than your phone. Cause what I was doing is, um, wait, you were editing all your stuff on your phone. Yes. And then I was like, okay, you're losing me there. <laughs> dude, <laughs> I didn't know. I was like, I was like, okay, I can transfer images from my camera straight. I didn't even know how to format. Oh my gosh. <laughs> right? So, so okay, I was like, like so this was guy like, is killing us and he's editing his stuff on his phone. Folks. So, so oh I think gosh. I stopped editing on my phone probably like March when I was okay. like, why is it so dark? October, September, October, November, December, January, February, five months yeah. editing things on your phone. Yeah. And I was, I, I was doing paying clients, <laughs> paying clients <laughs> and I was getting 
oh, these are awesome. I was like, if you guys haven't clicked out yet, <laughs> I am so impressed. Just make sure you don't yeah. forget to hit subscribe. <laughs> I was. Doing oh my gosh, you're plug. making so many photographers so mad right yeah. now. You better take down your your Instagram because they're gonna be sending you hate comments. Listen, they're gonna kill you. And that's fine. <laughs> hey, good, good, uh, bad comments are still comments. Yeah. I'll take them. Hey, so I was I was doing that and I was like, man, these are so dark. So come to find out, did my research. When you transfer it from your the camera straight to the phone using whatever app the the brand gives you, it I think it changes it to JPEG automatically. Yeah, and I was like, that's why. So I was, that's when I said, okay, let me start doing this. Yes, yeah, so, so staying on raw, yeah, right? So I did it, did it, uh, kept it in raw. Started editing on my laptop. I was like, I have so much more control over the image. Yeah, like I was like, man, yeah, this is night and day. Yes, it is. Especially- I was like, a month into that, finding that out, I mm. I doubled my price. Yeah, I was like, these are even better. Right. Um, no problem with any of my clients. Kept a full calendar. To this day, keep keep a full calendar. Now, when you say keep a full calendar, sometimes people will say, "Oh yeah, my schedule's booked," and then I'll ask them, "Oh, I work on Tuesdays and Wednesdays." It's like, well, so so tell me, like for me, I work twenty four hours. I work as long as there's the conditions are able to shoot. Sure, seven days a week, Mm -hmm. anytime. Um, Goodness, I hate to have to leave and take care of my dogs, but uh, maybe I'll have to. and I have full calendar mm-hmm. and I hire an assistant now too. So now we're nice. doubly, but, uh, what are your hours and how, so, how booked are you out? So I think just to give you an idea, just a majority of my success, I think with photography is based on the fact that I'm not dependent on it. 100%. Right. Right. That's so I'm really just like leverage area. To so be. I'm like, I got a full-time job with benefits. I have a restaurant that I co-own. Yeah. Let me just do this as a hobby. Right. Any money that I can make on top of all the stuff I got going on is a win. Yeah, get some and, issues. Yeah. And the fact I'm like, okay, I'm I'm making really good money. Yeah. So I'm not like I'm not begging for work. I'm not I'm not over here like stressing over photography work. You know what I mean? So to me, a busy schedule, um, like I said, I get off work at four thirty, five o'clock every day yep. from the bank. So I'll take a shoot. If I can I'll take a shoot my first shoot after work would typically be like six o'clock. Yeah. I can, I can only do like two one hour shoots maybe. Now, what do you charge for your shoots? If you don't mind right asking. now, I'm at one twenty an hour. It's not bad. One twenty an hour. Not bad at all. It's not. And if you're thinking about where my standpoint, it's, it's easy money and it's, it's one twenty an hour. I didn't have before. Yeah. And, and no, I mean, honestly, some of my lower packages back in the day when I was making six mm-hmm. figures, was 125 now okay. i charge my minimum is 174 for yeah. just like something that's like super simple right and then i have some packages that are over a thousand dollars right yeah but uh uh like that's solid money because if you think about if you break down mm-hmm. your numbers guys so you know this if you break down let's say i want to make a six-figure salary mm-hmm. you break it down you need to make uh was it eight thousand three hundred thirty three dollars a month mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. and then you break that into okay well how many 4.33 weeks Average yeah. in a year, learn mm-hmm. that. Car business, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, and then you break that down. It's like, okay, so that's uh, like $2,000 a mm-hmm. week. Mm-hmm. Then you break that down the day. What you need to be making is between three and $400 a day. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. So charging $120, if you can get three shoots in a day, mm-hmm. 
you're making six figures. Right. And it sounds like you're making one to two shoots yeah. a day. Yeah. So, so, and then granted, I, I do take... <laughs> I do take some days for myself. Yeah, of course, my of wife course. would be like, I, she hates it. That's, that's the one thing she hates about photography is it's taking away my free time, okay. which is fine. I mean, well, at least you're spending time with her. Yeah. I mean, she's gotten some good pictures out of it. Yes. So. Yeah. So has she shifted? Because I'm going to be honest with you too. My wife, also hates taking pictures with me. No, she doesn't hate it. She, she doesn't hate it anymore. She 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 didn't hate it to begin with. Oh, okay, I hated you uh, taking pictures of her when, like, we were in college. She was like, "Can you take pictures of me for Instagram?" Yeah, I was like, hated uh, it, and I was like, "Don't you wish I had my camera in college? <laughs> you would have loved it." <laughs> yeah, it's a good um, thing, yeah, because otherwise, maybe uh, more guys would have uh, been interested. But that's now. true. That's true. <laughs> hey, listen. So, um. Yeah, and then my Saturdays, I typically do three or four uh, uh, shoots on Saturdays. Like right now, like my market, I mean the most, un- unless it's an event, the most I'll get for one book is like a two-hour shoot. Yeah. Um, just that's just my market. That's just right. my niche right now. Yeah. And um, um, mm-hmm. don't apologize. There's yeah. nothing wrong with that. You're doing better than what a lot of people. I know people who have been able to do what you're doing for a long time, but they've just never gotten the guts to ask yeah to to or or to demand it like yeah i've talked to photographers who are like oh you know i just don't feel like i'm good enough because they're insecure because mm-hmm. they're insecure that's mm-hmm. what it comes down to they say so i don't want to charge unfair prices what's an unfair price if they're willing to pay right. you it's fair it's to a fair price yeah right um so so i just charge you know, like for gas so they what so they literally do 20 dollar shoots or like 30 40 shoots maybe and no they and it's just like I wouldn't even get out of bed. It's Listen. just like, no, 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 it's just like, you don't understand. Like, people have to understand that also, if they're willing to give you an hour of their time, time is a lot more valuable than money. 100%. If they're, if they're willing to give you the time of day and sit with you for an hour, mm-hmm. they're willing to at least give you a hundred bucks. Right. Like, I think that's minimal, man. I mean, right now I did, I, I started off like, when I was editing on my phone with $50 shoots. And I think that's fair right now. I didn't know how bad it was until you laughed at me for 10 minutes. Oh my <laughs> God, dude. So I guess, I guess 50 an hour was I didn't was know a that was price. real. I thought hey. that was like, I was, I was using Lightroom mobile. Uh, when Adobe came out with that, do you know how much flack they got? Did how they? Much, yeah, like, dude, I don't know. I was like, uh, sure. It's I will Lightroom. Say this. I will say this though. Full disclosure. Yeah. I have a package for in my real estate industry. Some people want like a Zillow walkthrough video. Uh-huh. I will, I do have a hundred dollar package where I take my cell phone out uh-huh. and I set it on a gimbal and I, and I walk through the house. That's a hundred bucks. But, um, so I technically do do some stuff on my phone, but it's also why I purchased this iPhone 11 so that yeah. I could get the super wide angle yeah. lens. But, um, so as much as I like to dog on it, iPhones do have their place, and to be true, there's some people who are making millions of dollars with their Instagram, oh, taking pictures with their iPhone. I know it. So I don't want to be an elitist myself. Uh, it has its place, but I yeah. I can't believe you're doing you know more traditional portrait photography and editing them on your phone. But hey, I'm sure a lot of those guys have it hey. framed on their walls. So. Yeah, right, and then uh, that's another reason why I stopped doing that too. It's because I had a client that wanted to print. <sighs> And then they went to go blow it up, and it was low Pixelated, resolution, yeah. and it was like, oh, so how do I fix this? Yeah. YouTube, oh, you need to do this. Yeah, exactly. I was like, boom. Got Problem it. solved. Yep. 
And then I'm just waiting for the next mistake, man. I, I know there's more coming. So I'm trying to figure out where your skill set is now in photography. What are some of the, all the things you learn? Obviously, you, you, you've learned point focus. Um, obviously, you're probably getting better lenses that have like the 1.8. Yeah, uh, I think my, my, my best lens right now is a, a 1.4. Okay, very nice. Yeah. And what do you shoot with? Do you have a full frame or a crop sensor? Crop sensor. Okay. Yeah. That's probably your next step. Next, yeah. Next chance you get, get a full frame. And I've been shoot, looking at those. In my opinion, it doesn't matter. I'm just asking out of curiosity. Do you, what brand do you shoot with? Um, Sony. Sony. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah. I would have figured you're more of like an icon guy, but Sony, that's cool. Yeah. Just, dude. If the Best Buy guy that day would have sold me a Nikon, I would have bought a Nikon. Okay, so- <laughs> <laughs> I was literally buying everything he told me I needed dude, to buy. The A7S3 just came out recently. Yeah. It's, uh, but that's like a four or five thousand dollar camera. I'm sure you don't want that. That's but, uh, that's uh, that's really good for video though, yeah, right? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you you know your gear too. Yeah, right? I, I so look into updated. it. Yeah. Um, what are some things you go through in the process of your editing? Uh, have you? How much do you focus on things like posing and stuff? Is that Dude, more? I uh, I was, and that's one thing I needed. I knew I needed to work on because directing models or it's subjects tough. is is could could turn a person like me that's comfortable talking to people awkward yeah you know what i mean and i was like i was finding myself in, in shoots like not knowing how to direct people and all i did was i hopped on youtube yep. and just watch videos on how to hey, direct at least at least you learn that because yeah. one thing i that's, was slow to learn was posing is actually really important that's so important yeah and it's so important to to have the right poses and to get your uh and to to for your subjects to understand that you know what you're talking about when you're telling them to do this and this and this. So I think that was my biggest concern very recently, actually. And then I got to work with actual real models lately. And okay. they were, I learned a lot from them. Dude, just, when you shoot an experienced model, yeah. it's just so easy because you take a shot, they switch their pose. They you know take another exi- shot, they switch their pose. It's like, oh, oh, thank you. Thank dude, you they so know, much. They know what they're doing. And I'm yeah. like, man. So I just took, I picked their brains for a little bit, and, mm-hmm. and then I'm sure I don't know everything, but I know, um, I know enough to get by. Like the humility you have there to see the opportunity. A lot of people would be like, "Well, I, I, you know how a lot of people try to put up a front, like, oh, 'Oh, I'm sorry, I can't schedule. Mm-hmm. I'm busy.' Mm-hmm. When they've got like a full schedule, they're, just, they're trying to appear that they're busy. Yeah. Lots of people on the technical side will also be like, "Well, I don't want to ask a question because it'll look like I don't know anything." Right. Having that humility where you're working with a model and you walk up and say, "Hey, you know what? I would like to learn how to pose my clients better. Can yeah. you give me a few tips?" Oh man, gosh, that's so important. Dude, but so many people miss it. You got to. Why not? Why not? Because people you, are afraid of looking stupid. Dude, if you have that opportunity to pick up the brain of anybody that that could progress your business or your skill set, man, jump all over that. God, dude, jump all over that. This is why I love you so much, Basilio, <laughs> man. Like, like, oh my gosh. Yeah. All right. Uh, on the editing sides, um, what are some things you like to do when you're editing a photo? So obviously you'll import it to your thing. What are some of the first things you do to an image? Um, so an image, man, I, lo- I, I like to first, the exposure, um, yeah, really, um, it just depends on what kind of shoot that was, it, you know. Some I like really moody pictures, okay. really dark moody pictures. But then I've also learned within the year that I was thinking 
any picture could just be moody and that's right. not the case yeah. like it really depends on the in camera on how you took that shot as well as just the shot itself and i'm like man Model. you're talking about things you like to do your images you're talking about exposure yeah <clears throat> uh talking about changing the mood how do you call your images do you usually go through all of them and like flag good ones or yeah. organize no um i actually i don't like i, I don't i don't like giving like my camera to a client and having them flag it i hate doing that no no i mean um, like uh in lightroom oh yeah so i i go through all of them yeah um i'll go through all of them pull pull the Make ones sure you i stay like close to the, uh, I, I pull the ones i like and then um i i edit the ones i like right so typically um do you like star them or anything do you organize them at all no i, I put i put them in a different folder okay yeah do you know how to flag and star stuff no okay press p uh, to flag the good ones and then you can also there's a star system suppressing one star two star three star four star five star that's really good and then you can filter it on the bottom right okay. based off of the star or the flag so then you just in lightroom yeah so you just okay. go you just go real quick okay i like that one i like that one what i like to do personally is flag all of them and then unflag the ones i don't like so i'll filter i'll flag all of them i'll change the filter to flagged images only and as i don't like images i'll unflag it and then it'll disappear as is, and you know it's so important when you're talking about doing this full time to save as much time as possible. Sure. So doing something like that, anyway, just a quick tip. No, I didn't know either. that either for like a year or two. Then once I discovered, it, I was like, oh, no, gosh. I'm pretty sure a lot of stuff I do, I'm taking the long way. It's a long way to do everything I do right now. I think if somebody looked at my workflow, they'd be like, "What are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> Why are you doing this?" Well, here's the thing: you're doing you're doing more than a lot of people yeah. who technically know what they're doing right and, i mean we have that attitude here in the u.s it's the same thing that comes around like uh people with degrees sometime mm -hmm. you know they say listen you need to listen to me uh i'm a doctor or something and, and this my dad's a doctor i'm not throwing shade against doctors yeah. but some people have that mentality where it's just like listen i know a lot of people with driver's licenses who can't drive mm -hmm. like just because you got a degree doesn't mean you know anything <laughs> Right. And when we were in college, you took gen, gen ed classes. There's a lot of times when I was taking a psychology course or something and you were with other psycho, you were with psychology majors who were taking that class. Right. Mm -hmm. And you're just like, these people don't need to be psychologists. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> like some of them were really good, but there are some people who are psychology majors who are super fervent about that and just like, yeah. man, you need to be on the other side of the psychologist room, mm -hmm. not the... Like, no offense, man. Some right, people right. with degrees. Just, uh. <laughs> All right. So uh, what other things are you doing creatively with the edits? Do you open up Photoshop at all, or are you still always No, man. I, I'm, I'm, I want to learn. I want to learn Photoshop. Um, I have a uh, close family friend who's, uh, like, a real deal photographer. Um, he went to the Art Institute in oh. uh, San Francisco. Okay, wow. Um, so he does, but he does, he shoots, he does a lot of product shoots. Like he yeah. shoots for like Macy's and stuff mm -hmm. like that. Um, but he's a real close family friend and his wife uh, attended the school with him. And she knows Photoshop like the back of her hand. So I'm going to connect with her soon and she's going to just give me a crash course on what I need to know. Um, because I know, I know that's going to, I'm going to need that one day. Once you get... And understand layers. That's the big. That's a big thing. Yeah. Because uh, 
in Lightroom, you edit a thing, you're editing an image, but mm. you're adding layers in, in masking is also super important in Photoshop. Uh, and it's a little bit complicated to understand, but once you get those two concepts, mm-hmm. the rest is just understanding the user interface. Yeah. And then you're good to go. But yeah. the, the, the understanding the layers is a really confusing part, right. but yeah, what you get. Yeah. That, and then I, I, I need that under my belt. I just need to learn. I, I Lots of times you don't, though, honestly. Really? Uh, yeah. like, I'd rather know it and not need it than one day need it. For a lot of what you do, unless you're getting into some pretty specific stuff, yeah. the Adobe Lightroom software handles a lot of what you need, and Good. they're making it better and better and better. You can even do a lot of masking within Lightroom now mm-hmm. uh, where you can you know, remove objects pretty easily. I'm not just talking about with the object removal tool. Yeah. I'm talking about some real complex objects. Really? Um, so... Sometimes, you know, in Photoshop, in Photoshop, most of the stuff that I do is like when I'm shooting a real estate shoot, it's really important to take, like, in this room, oh, man, I left those lights on again. Oh, it doesn't matter. Um, like, when you have lighting like this, and then you have that tungsten lighting, that's not exactly tungsten, it's more like uh, fluorescent lighting. Right. But when you get those two color mixes in, and it shows up on a wall in real estate, mm-hmm. that's not good. Because mm. the white wall will look yellow. Or if the sun is coming through the window hitting the grass and then it's bouncing against the white wall, mm-hmm. the white wall will look green. That's called color casting. So in photo, you can't really remove it very easily by moving sliders and stuff in Lightroom. So you have to open it up in Photoshop, do some color correction, add masks, uh, change the curves of images. It can get complicated. Um, but as long as you also just know what you're doing and then record it, Photoshop action, it can be pretty quick. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, for what a lot of people are doing, let's say you're doing portrait work, what do you need to do? You're usually outside right. with one source of light so you don't have the mixed lighting. Mm-hmm. You need to make sure it's in focus. You want to make sure the, the model or the subject, the, the talent looks good. Mm-hmm. Maybe you want to soften the skin a little bit. Yeah. You, can, you can do all that in Lightroom. Right, right. You don't need to do that in... In Photoshop, yeah, you used to only be able to do it in Photoshop, but they're making it easier and easier. So, yeah. I mean, you can even do it on the phones. <laughs> in some cases, it's my favorite. But uh, <laughs> um, let's see. Do you do you edit the white balance at all? No, no. I need okay. to learn that. I think I think I mean I'm not sure since since you don't mind. I think that's you do everything so well. I think the white balance is the the next thing you need to mm-hmm. really focus on. If you did that you'd be there like really, like really. Okay. Um, okay. so just cause the white balance is something I didn't learn either, but, uh, for a while, but it's just, you know, adjusting the cool yeah. and the warm, uh, it, it's, it's, it's the cool and the warm and then the pink and the green. Okay. Uh, making sure that's balanced so that the white balance is essentially the, the whites and the image look white like they mm. should. Okay. And then once that falls into place, everything else should fall into place too. As long as you have one, color light source okay you like the sun for example okay um so if you do that i think you'll be there okay um do you like doing every editing every image yourself custom or do you copy and paste the settings or do you just add filters um i'll use a preset here and there yeah. but um i also like starting from scratch yeah presets yeah. don't work as well as you think yeah yeah i like starting from scratch honestly okay and then i, I like i know what what settings work so i don't have them like saved right but i know like where i need to move this marker so um 
and then sometimes it doesn't. So I get to play with it. So what kind of YouTube channels are you subscribed to? Do you have any people you like to follow? Um, photography? No, not really. I'm okay. I'm literally whatever subject I need right. an answer on, I'm typing it in there, and Good. whatever comes, comes up, up. Yeah, you know what I mean. Um, but I'm not like actively subscribed to any major photography um, pages or um, channels on the on YouTube, but whoever comes up like i i see the same ones coming up every single time no matter what the subject is yeah um but not like, i couldn't name off right who i'm, who I'm watching I'm, I'm interested because uh when when you're you know in your first year of photography it's interested to see someone who's you know entering the industry for the first time what names are introduced what names are familiar with them mm-hmm. because uh there's obviously some influencers in the industry that are huge i'm just wondering Who's mm-hmm. actually getting through? Like, yeah. who's old now and who's yeah. appealing to the new one? That's all. Got it. Um, so, wh- where do you think you're going to go with photography? Do you want to do it full time eventually, or is it always just going to be like an adventure you're d- trying out? Um, so, I don't see this as a phase. Um, mm. I see this as something I, I I'll be doing for a long time, nice. if not my whole life. Because um, it's out of my three sources of income, this is the one I enjoy the most. Right. You know what I mean? Um, I guess, I, you know, I'm I'm in between. I'm in a situation where a lot of people are in when they have a steady job and they have a business that can take off. You but have kids yet, right? No. Yeah, so it's like, I'm, you know, there's, I'm hesitant to, to, could I probably do it? Probably. Yeah. Do I want to right now? No. Yeah. Um, do I need to right now? No. Yeah. I think my balance on commitment to photography is perfect where it right. is right now. I think it's perfect where it is. Um, it gives me so much flexibility to handle my business, how I'm handling it, not begging for work. Not, well, not begging for work, but, like, not, like, stressing over work. Because, um, you know, if if I need to take a week off to go out of the country, I can. You know what yeah. I mean? So nice. And trust me. Use the vacation time from the bank. You yeah, know what I mean? So, so nice. A, so it's awesome. Like, so do I want to do it full time? Of course I want to. Um, do I see it happening anytime soon? Probably not. Just to be realistic. Especially when you have kids, it gets yeah. a lot more complicated. Oh man, for sure. It's something that's worrying me right now. And what you said about the vacation time hits home because mm-hmm. in the last six years, I haven't really taken Oh man, like a week long vacation. I feel for you. Like it hasn't happened. Dude, um, take like five every year. <laughs> I'll give you one of mine. You can go uh, the doors over there. You can see yourself out. Uh, it's been a nice podcast. Uh, so thank you. I'm, no, I'm telling one. you, man. You need that. I, I need that. I don't even have kids yet. So I know when I have kids, I'm definitely going to need vacation. No, now. it's tough. Yeah. And uh, usually I'm just the kind of the guy who I've recognized I didn't, I never knew I had this. But as you get older, you, you realize you gain some perspective on yourself as well mm-hmm. as the world. One thing I realize is that I do have a good work ethic and uh, I I do naturally hustle. Um, But this COVID thing recently really hit me in an an area that I didn't know I had that was vulnerable. Mm -hmm. Like uh, I started realizing this during this COVID pandemic that um, like the, I put a lot of my motivation in uh, the, my faith in humanity, I guess. Okay. Like a lot of my motivation comes from that. Like, yeah, you know, mankind is great. We're, we're, 
the whole world is getting better every day. Like this is great. Mm-hmm. Um, and this whole stuff has just exposed a lot of things that kind of like, um, demotivated me, it took me, t- slowed me down for a few months, wow. you know, mm-hmm. but I'm getting back in the game Good. and getting back to the podcast. It's, have you ever had anything like that? Or you just, you, you balance your life work pretty well. Yeah. Um, no, man, ever since I joined the bank, work life has been great yeah i can't honestly this photography it was it was a hobby right it it, it is a hobby i literally bought that camera for vacations yeah and then it turned into a like you want to pay me to take pictures (laughs) of you sure i'll edit them on my phone right (laughs) so and then and then you just see yourself getting better and it just motivates you to keep learning and then it's like oh I can make my images look even better. So you learn new stuff. Um, I think the advantage for me is it's so relaxed. You know what I mean? I'm not dependent on this, which is an advantage, and I'm grateful for it. Mm -hmm. Um, So I can literally take my time learning this and perfecting this craft, and I'm in no rush. You know what I mean? It's nice to have a hobby that you get paid for. Yes, yes. I think... I think uh, I saw something that said you need to find three hobbies in your life. Yeah. One hobby to keep you creative, one hobby to keep you in shape, and one hobby to make you money. So mm-hmm. um, you need to find those things. That's If you can find a hobby that makes you money, it's it does it never feels like work, man. All right. Uh, well, do you have anything? Uh, we should probably wrap it up here. Do you have yeah. anything uh, in closing? Any thoughts? Um, not really, man. I, you know, super, super thankful and had so, so much fun being here, talking yeah. to you, catching up with you. Um, yeah, I'm glad we got to catch up yes. on the podcast too. Yeah. I learned a lot of things about you I never knew, dude. I'm a, I'm a very interesting guy. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, man. I hope, I hope you know everybody that sees this uh, is inspired and you know ready to take the next step as far as their business and you know, learning how important the business part of it is. That's what I'm so passionate about. Um, There's just so many people out there talking about creative stuff and they never even mention. I mean, I can't tell you how many YouTube channels are out there. I mean, how to do the technical stuff. That's important. But when it comes to business, it's just not there. No. Yeah. And I think viewers, whoever sees this needs to understand that that's huge, man. If that's not just as big as the tech technical part of the art, then you, it's, you got to learn it. And a lot of the business part is is self-taught as far as it's it's your work ethic, it's your attitude. It's all that stuff is, all that stuff is, it has to be in you. And I'm not going to say it can't be taught, but you got to, you got to fight your own bad habits. You got to change your attitude. Yeah. Like, you've, yeah. You, like that one salesman D. Yeah. Uh, My guy. I mean, yeah. honestly, if he, if he had just changed his attitude. No, nah, I don't know, man. I don't know if that's enough. It's, I don't know. I, to this day, I think he's still sitting in that red chair. <laughs> Ooh, <laughs> that was that was. I don't like, think he's gotten that was poetic. Yes, that was a poetic. Man, how that manager said that to him, it was so like smooth and relaxed that I was like, it didn't hit me. I was like, oh, that's hilarious. It. I stepped away and then realized how funny it was. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure if you know, but uh, I still go back to the dealership every once in a while just yeah. to see around. And there's some still people oh, that yeah. we used to work with that I'm still sure. work there. Yeah. And um, 
I, fig- I, I learned that the guy that we didn't like, oh, well, first of all, a few minutes, a few months after I quit, the whole entire sales staff walked out on the dealership, except for like a few sales guys. Why? Because they're so fed up. Really? Did you not know this? No. Okay, this is my this is my happy ending. Oh man, yeah. And uh, then after that, the guy who the manager who was just mis he's honestly mismanaging. He was a jerk. He got let go or got fired mm. or something. I'm not sure if he quit or something, but it was coming for him. I believe it. And uh, I think I think he does have a new job somewhere. But I also like a year ago was out getting <laughs> some Japanese food at Tokyo Grill. Mm-hmm. You know, you remember yeah, that I remember place? that place. Okay, yeah. Tokyo Grill. And I saw him there. No. Yeah. I flexed on him hard, dude. Did you? Because <laughs> <laughs> he was the kind of guy, too, who, was, who would always talk to me like, man, you're never going to get anywhere. I'm like, yeah. who do you think you're talking to? I was, the, I was yeah. the kind of guy who wasn't like D. I was yeah. like, who do you think you're talking to exactly? Right. Like, yeah. I'm going to be so much like it, I wouldn't say that, but in material, like, trust yeah. me, buddy, I'm not I'm not stopping here. Like, yeah. You have no idea why I'm here. I'm just here to learn how to do sales. and Then I'm out. Mm-hmm. But um, I showed him my short term rental and he's like, oh, he knew I was like, he was like, <laughs> oh, I'm really glad for you. I'm like, yeah, yeah. What you doing these days? He's like, oh, you know, he didn't give me an answer. I was yeah. like, mm, have a good night, man. <laughs> like karma. Karma. <laughs> That's funny. And oh, I, I don't. You know, I don't want to wish him too bad because I think he is he he's back in his game. He found somewhere that works for his style, I guess. Mm. But um <laughs> whew, that's my happy ending with that story. Yes. Um and I'll try not to bring up the dealership too often, but uh I'm telling you, I learned essential business practices. The photographer that told me to learn those essential practices uh was right. And the cool thing is you can learn those skills, I think, in any sales environment. You just got to yeah. go find a sales environment. Yeah, and, but and I think car sales, car sales is intense. Yeah. So it, it's it's like on steroids. Yeah. Like, it's like it, Vietnam front yes, lines. It's, you just yeah. you go do it for a few months. You'll see why. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, You'll never be the same. I think you learn more in car sales than in college, man. Uh, honestly, for me, I think I learned more in car Easily. sales. Easily. In, in the two college. and a half months I worked there, I Dude. learned so much more. Just not, not just sales stuff, but like how to just everything personality how to approach situations how to change your mindset you learn all that in the car business yeah it's not just sales you learn like lifelong you also lessons. develop some thick skin oh man <laughs> no i don't even hear no anymore that, i don't you tell me no i'm like okay let me ask again and like no way. you're just talking about like <laughs> i mean doing car sales is like getting put out in the ring with mike tyson yeah just Wham, wham, wham! Getting put back in the beat, and, the, and then the, your sales manager's like, "Hey, buddy, you're right. Good, go out for another round." All right. Like, oh, what? there's another one. Your <laughs> yeah. Customer left. One more. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, it's good. Well, yeah. I really enjoyed having you. Thanks, uh, man. Plug all your pages one more time. Yes. So my my direct photography page is at Silio S I L I O shot it. Um, my personal page is at Silio S I L I O underscore. Um. My restaurant is at Bachi, B-A-C-H-I dot C-L-T. We're based out of Charlotte. We serve hibachi, Japanese sushi. Um, we're located at 2700 West Mallet Creek Church Road, Suite 200. Um, come see us if you're in, in Charlotte. Um, eat good and uh, keep tuning in to the podcast. Yeah, thank you. And just notice how easily he could give you guys his address and all that stuff. 
that's the kind of information you got to be real prepared to do, guys. I didn't tell him to have a plug ready. He just knew that that's sales right there. Yeah, Not man. that you're trying to sell anybody. It's just oh, I'm trying to, to sell them 100%. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, something I don't usually do is actually ask you guys to like and subscribe uh, to the podcast wherever you're viewing this. Uh, we do have it on YouTube. We have it on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. But uh, on my YouTube channel, I also uh, I also put out a lot of tutorials that are mostly business-based. I don't do a lot of photography tutorials. So if you want to look at that, uh, learn some business from another photographer, check out Jonathan Corbett YouTube channel. And uh, thank you very much. And with that, I guess we will sign out. Thanks, Basilio. Thank you.